Moon's out. Moon's out. Moon's out. <laughs> Put your butt away, Colin. I can't believe you're mooning me right now. Dude, you know, sometimes you just got to air that thing out, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> air it out, brother. Welcome to the Good Time Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 63. It is November 27th. We had some good eats this last week, but we are ready to get back into some good times sports. Colin, I'm excited to be here. I've been gone the last couple weeks, but you know. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. We've got some uh, NHL, some F1, college basketball, NBA, college football, NFL, and as always, we'll finish off with this day in sports. Let's get right into it. All right. The NHL. That was so perfect. I'm sorry. I know I ruined it by saying that, but like that was just like incredible. Honestly, I said the same thing after my intro last week, so it's fine. Yeah. I literally like, dude, nailed it perfectly. I'm starting to like, memorize how long the song is. Yeah. And so like I know how much time I have. Yeah. So Oh, me and Brendan literally during like each break we're like dancing in between. We're just like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That is so funny. All right. The NHL, you know, things are starting to tighten up just kind of overall around the league. No one's really running off with anything. Vegas has now lost a good amount of games Um, before they had only lost like two. I think the last time we talked about it when I was here, Um, Boston looks human as well. Uh, The Rangers are off to a very hot start in the Metropolitan, the New York Rangers, that is, not the World Series champion Rangers, but... um, How are you and Marin... Did you listen to last week's episode? No. You and Brennan just made the exact same freaking joke two weeks in a row. Really? Um, Yes. How about the Rangers? That's funny. But Uh, yeah, uh, the New York Rangers, who probably won't ever win anything ever um, again, just because it's New York. Um, uh, 31 points in the Metro. uh, Boston leading the Atlantic with 31 Colorado leading the Central with 28 after the Stars have a a rough game skid here. Um, And then the Vegas Golden Knights leading the Pacific by one point with 30. Yeah, um, you kind of nailed it there. Boston has come down to earth a little bit. They're no longer separating the way they did last year. And Vegas. Which, yeah, and Vegas as well. But, I mean, you know, I'm looking at some surprises, and we've got a few, both negatively and positively. The Canucks. Yeah, the Canucks are must-see TV. Yeah, the Canucks are cold. Yeah. Their, their offense is insane. Yeah, dude. And it's like, so they, we were talking about last week, they had the royalty in the house, you know, with uh, Harry and Meghan yeah. Markle and yeah. everything. And it's like, that's the kind of buzz this team's bringing around. Not to mention Vancouver's a lovely city, I'd assume. It is. I mean, it's right by Seattle, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there course. you go. Of course. They basically share a city. They really do. It's weird. Yeah, it's just I mean, one's Canadian and one's American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, they're... I have nothing but respect for the Canucks um, team. They, Like you said, their offense is insane. Their goal differential, I want to say, still the tops in the NHL. It, it is, is top of the NHL by three. Yeah, and um, over the Los Angeles Kings, who me and Brennan were watching the other day, they're also really good. The Kings are very good. They're they, back to where they're supposed to be. Yeah, back to the... They, so they won a title back in 2014. This might Which be the, is also one of the best series I've ever seen in my life. Right. This might be the best team they've had since then. I don't want to speak too early, and that is very hyperbolic of me yeah. saying that, but they look so good. Something right I remember about that 2014 run so vividly is that a Western Conference final with the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that, the, 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 think about how long ago you just said that, the Sharks. Yeah, with, <laughs> with Jumbo and Joe Thornton yeah. and Captain America Joe Pavelski still on the same team. Right. No, <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, it's such a shame where the Sharks franchise has fallen since then. <laughs> yeah. But... 
thank you, Sharks, for Joe Pavelski. Rightfully, rightfully so. Um, on the negative side, right, the Edmonton Oilers and the New Jersey Devils, my two picks <laughs> to go to the Stanley Cup. The Oilers are bad. bad. They fired their, obviously, their manager um, very early on in the season. They're just kind of a franchise that, I mean, McDavid's came out and said this. Um, they're not where they need to be. They're not showing the effort that they need to. And just because they have this potent offense does not mean that it's going to result in wins. Now, they have kind of improved things over their last, let me count, is that seven games? Or last eight games, excuse me. They've won five out of their last eight. So they're on kind of a better track at this point. They do face the Golden Knights here tomorrow night. So that one's obviously going to be a big test for the Oilers. Excuse me. But um, they really kind of dug themselves in a hole to open up the season. And now they're just playing catch up with the rest of the league. Yeah. <laughs> they are and then now for the you know the devils right they came Same off thing. again the, i thought they were going to be I, I thought they were a team that were just just on the cusp of potentially you know really breaking through in the eastern conference I having thought. an incredible year last year right and then they have really just fallen off i mean they were they were not looking great last week and now they're even worse they've lost one two three six out of their last eight so they're even worse off as of recently and then they've got to go against the islanders tomorrow night two really again you know Franchises you'd expect to be kind of towards the top of their pecking order in their respective divisions, they're really not showing much so far. Yeah. I don't know, though. The standings just... And you know what? We're going to do this exact same thing when we get over to the NBA. Yeah. Because we do this every single year where we're like, these standings look insane. Yeah. Because the NBA standings right now also look very not normal. <laughs> yeah. So shout out um, Orlando. <laughs> but with, yeah. But, but shout out Houston. Shout yeah. out like... Right. Seriously. Yeah, right. OKC, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's just like... I don't know. It's early and we say this every week, but it is like, honestly, like this, we really won't start seeing things get to where they need to be until after all-star break. Yeah. And no, you're right. But nonetheless, we're 20 games into the season on average. Yeah. No, no. that's a fourth of the season. That's foundation level. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah, I'm starting to get a little worried about some teams. They always say like for the NBA season, I don't know about hockey, but the NBA season really starts around Christmas. Oh yeah. Right. Where it really kind of gets into gear and you're really like, it's finding out. And they don't want us to say that. And that's why the in-season tournament exists. Yeah, exactly why. Among many other reasons why it was implemented for playing reasons. But you know, the NHL, I'm going to use that same rule. Okay. I'm going to wait till Christmas. And again, are we going to overreact a little bit? Probably, because that's the nature of podcasts. Of course, stuff. because <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers are 7-12-1. Exactly. They've lost almost double the amount of games that they won. So, of course, we're going to overreact a bit. Yeah. Or, honestly, just react, because they know over here. They're yeah. bad right now. Exactly. And, um, look, I just... I'm at the point now where... Oh, that's, sorry, that's me. Um, yeah, no, it's... Sponsored by Apple. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, I... I wish. I... I, I you imagine the bag we'd be getting about that one? <laughs> My God. We'd be uh, getting that Drake bag. Yeah, no, we'd be getting... You guys wouldn't be making fun you, of me for betting anymore. No, we. you'd actually be going on the vacations you allegedly go on each week. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, I'm just kidding. Your but severance yeah. package looked nice, though. For yeah, 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 it would. <laughs> no, but honestly, look, we're going to give it time. We're going to let it breathe, like you said. Um, I'm honestly happy where, you know, the Kraken are based on what they started out. I would assume you're pretty happy with the stars relative. Oh, to without a doubt. Me. Yeah. So let's let's just breathe. Let's just kind of deep breaths. You know. I mean, I'm not worried about the stars right now. I think they're doing fine. They've lost a couple bad games in the in the third period. Like, what the fuck is going on in the third period? Mm -hmm. um, but 
it seems like the third period's winning us or losing us games at the moment, and by large margins. Yeah, we're, so. we're such a flip-floppy team. Like, we just cannot build any consistent momentum to save our lives. Hopefully that changes as we get older and, you know, more experienced and more used to each other. But, yeah, we're looking like we're going to be on the outside looking in. But, like I said, I kind of expected this going in, yeah. to be honest. So, yeah. Wow. Well, not much else from the hockey realm uh, because they're at the very beginning of their season. But one of our favorite sports has finally ended for the year, and uh, it was kind of fucking boring. So we'll get back over to Abu Dhabi here real quick. What's so funny? <laughs> that transition had to be the saddest transition ever to a topic we've ever talked about. It was because there was there was no know. excitement. Here's the thing: you weren't wrong. I'm just saying the fact I'm literally like in your statement is so true that it's sad. The yeah, way that it was. It was so gosh darn boring. We're it's happy like, for it to be over. It's over. <laughs> like, we're a sports podcast. And we're like, uh, we yeah. knew where this was going. Six races into the season. Six races. Are you kidding me? From testing, I knew yeah, that this uh, was yeah. where it was going. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Max Verstappen. Wins the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, his nineteenth. <gasps> I know, right? Nineteenth race win of the season, completing a pl- over eighty-five percent win percentage per season. Breaking, he took home ninety-one percent of the possible hundred percent points. Yep, that a driver could take. Yep, insane. He broke record for the longest win streak in Formula One, uh, most laps led, which is over a thousand, by the way. Mm-hmm. Over a thousand by the end of it. Yep. Um. He was inevitable. He had the most dominant season, arguably, in the history of the sport. And credit to him, because he was one with his car. He never had a slip-up. He never had one race where you were like, eh, you know, that was on him. I mean, literally in Singapore, the race that he finished fifth, lowest, was fifth. Yeah. Um, It was just simply the fact that, you know, Singapore, the track, really just kind of isolated their car. Um, But, yeah, it was... It was a dominant performance. Max Verstappen, you know, has already been, but, you know, third consecutive championship season, second constructors for Red Bull. Yep. Um, he finishes P1, followed by Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Sergio Perez, Lando Norris, Oscar Piastri, Fernando Alonso, Yuki Tsunoda, Lewis Hamilton, and Lance Stroll complete the points of finisher positions. And then getting over to the Drivers' Championship. Verstappen obviously won with 575 points Crazy. compared to Sergio Perez's 285. Then Lewis Hamilton, P3. Fernando Alonso holds off in P4. Yeah. That last, like, you know, last few laps passing yeah. Yuki Tsunoda ended up being the difference. He finishes in P4, followed by Charles Leclerc, 5. Lando Norris, 6. Carlos Sainz, 7. Uh, George Russell, 8. Oscar Piastri, 9. And Lance Stroll, again, sneaks in a P10. Um, this was a really, really, you know, in, in terms of the midfield, right, if you literally took Verstappen out of it and just was like, okay, yeah, that's the winner. Let's focus on the rest. It was honestly a really good season in terms of the midfield battle and in terms of, like, the rest of the front runners mixing in with some of the guys that, you know, previously thought were midfield drivers, yeah. a.k.a. Aston Martin, you know, McLaren to a certain extent. Um, I forgot <laughs> that Nick DeVries was a Formula One driver this season. <laughs> Alp- or what was it? AlphaTauri had four different drivers for them this year. Yeah, Yuki, Liam, Nick, and Daniel. Yeah. Do you know how sad it is? How many races did was Daniel in? Daniel was in six, six maybe. He was. He came in because um, it was he. He came in. He got injured in the Dutch Grand Prix. Yeah. But he debuted in 
like two races before the break. So he right. technically was a part of two weekends. He wasn't in the Dutch. He came back. He was out for a couple more races. He didn't right. come back till Austin. Yeah, he came back. Yeah, that's right. And then he so finished like out the season. Four or five races. Yeah. So if you're Joe Guan Yu, Kevin Magnuson, or Logan Sargent, brother. Yeah. Logan Sargent also, it was announced that his seat is not confirmed for the 2024 season. And you got to sit there and think that a certain guy in the Aston Martin uh, Driver Academy might be getting a seat, a.k.a. Felipe Drogovic. Yeah. Rough. I know, because the thing is, is like, I understand the appeal of having an American in there. And like, don't be wrong, the headline of like an American back in F1 was really exciting when we talked about it. And then you saw Andretti him. Andretti will take him, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whenever that eventually comes to fruition, it seems inevitable at this point. Um, I, I, I don't want America to be forced into F1. I want them, you know, Americans to earn their spot. Absolutely. And I don't think, Logan, if you ask me honestly, like here right now, I don't think I could sit here and say he is one of the 20 best drivers in the world, which is ultimately what Formula One should be. No. So. No. Now, Brendan asked me this. He, he was actually pretty active in our Formula One talk last week. Um, he asked me this. It's assumed that Red Bull's going to be dominant again next year. Not to this It's level. assumed, yeah. It's, it's, it's not going to be to the level that they were this past season because that would be insane. Yeah. Um, if you had to pick one constructor out of really the four, right? Because at different points, like there was Aston, there was Ferrari, there was Mercedes, there was McLaren. Out of the four, which one do you think is most likely to give Max Verstappen and Red Bull the biggest challenge? Next I know year? your answer. Uh, which one did you think? Well, I said it last week. Mc- so. I didn't hear it. What? McLaren. Yeah, it was McLaren. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I think the safe answer, just because of their history in the sport, yeah. um, how dominant they used to be, and knowing that they're literally just a few specks away from being back to so Ferrari. who they are. <laughs> I mean, you said it right there. You know? <laughs> More recently than Ferrari, so, so dominant. Let me guess yours. Mercedes. Mercedes. Well, I'm just saying, I think that's the safe answer. Okay. But I could really see it being McLaren. Okay. Now, some, and I've talked about it before on here, something that worries me about McLaren is just how they tend to do this thing where by the end of the season, they're racing hard and they have a good car after upgrades. Mm-hmm. But... At the beginning of the year, they tend right. to struggle. Yeah. Especially the last couple of years. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then they eventually bring upgrades. The car gets better. That can't happen. You can't be playing catch up every single year. No. If they finish P16 or lower both their cars in Bahrain next year. Yeah. Then like, they're doing it again. Exactly. Like literally they're doing it again. Yeah. Now they're going into a new season after coming off of having a pretty solid car with a couple really good drivers, um, things might be different next year. Because um, we know towards the end of, of that first, of that second year of Daniel's stint, you know, he wasn't performing at his highest level. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe with two drivers who know the car well, who race well in the car, I think that there is a, a better chance that McLaren does compete. It's not going to be Aston Martin. I think they're, they're something, I think something is going to go wrong this offseason. In the development of next year's car. And I think they're not going to have the car that they think they're going to have. They are a step away. Like, they are very close. But also, I think they're going to overcompensate. They're a step away from being a step away. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. 
Um, I I like a lot what you said there. I obviously think here's the thing with uh, McLaren. I think Lando, if you gave him a race winning car, mm-hmm. he would have won races. I think Max said the same thing. It, it, literally, if it wasn't for Max, Lando would have won. You know, one or two fewer races, right? Um, also, you could have said that about a few drivers, to be fair. But um, Lando, to me, is at the point where he's he's now. He's ready. He, I'm not willing to say he's quite on the level of, like, I think we, we both agree. Lewis, Max, Fernando are the three at the top of their game, respectfully. And in different kind of phases, they have strengths and weaknesses. But, like, if in general, I think if you gave, you know, with the pressure of everything, those guys are all three champions – and I think they would have all won the championship in Max's dominant fashion or at least close to it. I don't know if Charles would have because Charles, to me, kind of has those moments, again, where he kind of like, you know, he'll qualify and he'll put that thing on the front row, you know, 10 times out of 10. But then during the race, he'll have some kind of blunders where he kind of forces things and he'll kind of uh, not completely do it. Lando, to me, too, like Lando will have issues in qualifying that will set him back and then he'll have to come back in the race pace. So to me, like those are the three best drivers in Formula One. I do want to talk about this. Okay. Obviously, Max Verstappen has won races. Checo's won races. Lewis has won races. Fernando's won races. Charles Leclerc has won races. Carlos Sainz has won races. Carlos Sainz has won two races. Yep. Pierre Gasly has won a race. Esteban Ocon has won a race. Esteban Ocon has won a race. Yeah. Daniel Ricciardo has won his races. Mm-hmm. Valtteri Bottas has won races. Yep. Nico Hulkenberg has won races. Uh, Hulkenberg is not. Oh, really? Hulkenberg's never won, got on the podium. Oh, dude. no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, George Russell's won races. Did you say George, that? Yeah, George Russell's won races. Yep. Who else is going to get on this list before Lando? I don't. Like, that's the thing. I don't think Esteban's won in a worse, in a, in a, a worse car. Granted. Pierre's won in a worse car. I understand that, like, the circumstances are different, but also, like, he honestly would have. Lando, you had, you had the exact same car Daniel had when he won in Monza. But he should have won in Monza. Be- no, he shouldn't have because yes, Daniel was slowing down on purpose. No, he was. Lando was challenging him. There is a reason Daniel set the fastest lap on the very last lap of the uh, race. Not, all I'm saying is because he was saving his tires and because he knew Lando wasn't challenging him. Lando was faster on that day. Literally, McLaren had to come over the radio and say, hey, let's finish. Let's secure the one-two here. That was literally confirmed on the radio. Lando would have won that race had he not followed team orders. And again, respect to Daniel because he won the race. All I'm saying is that, like, Lando's had some unfortunate. Obviously, you know, the same kind of circumstances that helped Pierre and Esteban, it hurt him during the Russian Grand Prix. Obviously, when he was leading and then the rain came down and he would have won that race yeah. had, you know, it not rained. So, I Oscar very well could win a race before Technically, Lando. he has. Yeah. Well, in a sprint, yes. But still. In a sprint, right. But I'm just saying, like, Lando, to me, is at a point, getting back to what I was saying, you know, you have those three drivers that are clear and ahead I think above the competition. Like I think Fernando's cemented himself on the level that if he was in that Red Bull car, mm-hmm. he would have won the championship going away over Sergio um, and Lewis as well. To me, then you kind of look at back at it and like Lando and Charles to me are they're in the same tier. Like they're looking at each other and it's like they are kind of like that next tier below those three. And then after th- that, and then after that, right? You have like your George Russell, you have your Carlos Sainz, you have you know. Whoever you Checo. Want to say. Yeah, Checo, you could say. To me, Oscar Piastri, if he's not in that group, he's the group leading the group below that. With Daniel Pierre Esteban. You know, that kind of group, yeah. right? If you want race to winners. Alex Albon too, that yeah. we gotta give credit to. Right, like that level. And I think Piastri's only gonna get better. 
I don't think he'll be at Lando's level next year, but he's going to be a no, lot he's closer. he's going to get better. He's going to get a lot closer to Lando next year than he was this past season. And I think Lando being the lead dog and then McLaren again potentially having a car that can be closer to Red Bull, I believe that that will kind of propel them to, again, you know, Piastri will have his moments, 100%. I mean, he literally had a sprint race win. But I think Lando will get his first win next year, and I think... McLaren's development, they had this 100 race plan that we were all kind of skeptical about because it was like, yeah. okay, McLaren. Yeah. But then it came to fruition at uh, the Silverstone Grand Prix. I don't know. I like McLaren as a potential challenger to Max Verstappen next year. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just think the safest answer is Mercedes. Yeah, but Lewis's comments after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix have me skeptical about that because they're saying like... There's also an engine lock. Like it, you can't true. upgrade your engine anymore right. until the new rules in 2026. Exactly. So I, but that, I think that might be a problem. I think the fact that I think Mercedes is two years away. And I think Ferrari, I would trust for, believe it or not, I think Ferrari could develop a car quicker in terms of like compete. Cause I, we've seen them in this era compete closer to Red Bull than we have Mercedes True. with all due respect. Yeah. Um, so I don't I, like literally Ferrari probably knows, okay, you know, we don't have, we didn't, we took a step backwards in respects this year. Let's see if we can kind of regroup to that. McLaren's taking steps forward. Mercedes, they finally seem like they're kind of turning the corner a little bit, but I'm not so sure. Yeah. And then Aston, Aston's clear to me. Like, they're top of the midfield now. Like, they're ahead of Alpine, but they need to worry about Alpine not catching them next year. Yeah. You're way too early constructor championship for next year. Red Bull. Red Bull. Yeah. No, I, they're... You're way too early driver's champion for next... Max. Max Verstappen. Yeah. No, Max. Max, to me, I, I said this. I don't know how when I said it, but... I think he's on a Sebastian Vettel trajectory. Like he's gonna get his four straight. Yeah, I think he he does that and then some. Personally, you think maybe five? I wouldn't rule out five in the cards, which yeah, is insane. I either. Yeah, insane. But yeah, I think four is again. I think next year will be more competitive. But I still think red. If if you're asking me honestly, I think Red Bull will be still the favorite car. But I think it's instead of being like thirty seconds, it's closer to like ten to fifteen. Mm-hmm. And I think McLaren will challenge them. I think Mercedes will. I think Ferrari, those three. But I think McLaren will be the lead out of those three, personally. What about you? Constructors. Constructors going to be Red Bull. And drivers going to be Max. Okay. But you're, are you willing to say that Mercedes will be the biggest challenger next year? Or would you say somewhere else? I'll take it. Okay, so you'll For the di- sake of being different. Okay, that's fine. And I respect it, too. Because obviously Mercedes is at the grade history of um developing cars and everything yeah. so so with that let's look at next year mm-hmm. 24 races next year 24 races because china's back woohoo and guitar yep no we had guitar this year. we had guitar yeah. yeah well we'll get um it will it's uh imola the italian grand prix the imola will be back yeah yeah that's what we meant so interesting schedule and we gripe about this every year for the sake of you know, efficiency and carbon emissions and stuff like that. The impact on the earth. Yes. Which we care about. We do. Which cars do take a toll on. Yes. So, that being said, we go Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, Australia, Japan, China, Miami, (laughs) back to Italy, Monaco, Canada, Mm Mm-hmm. Then back to Spain, Austria, UK, Hungary, Belgium, Netherlands, Italy, Azerbaijan, Singapore, USA, Mexico, Brazil, Vegas. Fine with me. Mm-hmm. Also, the Vegas one we notice now is, no, it's the same weekend. 
Yeah, Vegas. Literally the exact same weekend. Yeah, there you go. As if they didn't learn it was too cold. Maybe they'll do it earlier. I would. I agree. I think Vegas. The thing is, Vegas is such a spectacle. They want it towards the end. So I get that. Part. It's true. I think just the time itself Sucks. needs to be earlier. I think I would like it. So if I'm I'm remembering correctly. Mine's a race starting at 10 p.m. Right. Also, um, you know, because November won't always be as hot as it was this this year. I think it would be better. It wasn't if it was, hot. It was just too cold at night in no, the I, desert. No, I'm saying like in general during the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would be best if it was in October, personally, like a month earlier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Because November to me, I, for Vegas especially, I, yeah. it's a weird kind of issue. But I don't hate having... Also, Miami should be later. Yeah. Miami should be later. Yeah, I think the problem with Miami is like you do start getting it to where it's getting really hot in the summer you in could, Miami. You could, but like again, if, if you took Miami and Canada and you back-ended them, right, so where it's like a North American trip where you're hitting the Canadian Grand Prix, Miami, Coda, Las Vegas, Mexico City... That's what that's what I think would be perfect. The issue there is Austin Brazil. and Vegas, yeah. right? Imagine those two in May and June. That's that's what I'm saying. It's they, not possible. I want I want North America to be kind of the end, and then Abu. If you want Abu Dhabi to be the last race, so be it. I would rather. But have, also imagine Canada in November. No, I would say I would have. Here's the thing: I would go literally from north to south in a in a America's trip. Right? Yeah, yeah, just the whole Western Hemisphere. Right. So I would Agreed. go. I'd go Canada, which that would probably be September, October, whatever. Yeah. Then I'd go down to Vegas. Yeah. Then I'd go down to Coda. Yeah. Then I'd go down to Miami, Mexico City, then Brazil. Yeah. And then finish off with Abu Dhabi. That would be yeah. like my again, because if you want to have Abu Dhabi be the finisher, that's fine. That would be my you know, five or six leading yeah. up to that one. I can agree with that. Yeah. I can agree with that. I just think it's just so weird coming to Miami, then going back to it, uh, to Europe, two races in Europe, back to North America, yeah. then back to Europe again. It yeah. just, it makes no sense. Also, you know, I, I get also, you, you kind of like having the variety because people are, that are living in Europe, they complain about having to wake up during the American races and everything. And they're late. So if you had them like all back to back to back to back, they would probably get sick of that. Yeah. So I get it from that perspective, but yeah, Formula One, they have to juggle all these different factors. And I'm sure in like in the contract, right, when they sign these uh racetracks, you know, on their calendar, they're they're told like, hey, we want it during this time slot or we want it, you know, before this race or after this race or whatever. So they're trying to make shift a lot of things happening all at once, but I don't know. I'm happy that there's twenty four races. I think that's about as many as I would like personally. Like we're getting to the point now where you kind of even alluded to it um, when we talked about this last year. Twenty, like twenty four, is a lot of races. It's a lot, and I don't get me wrong. I love Formula One, but you get to a point. It's it, not that you're like saturating it, but you're just kind of like yeah. It's it's becoming a lot. It is becoming a lot. So and a lot of triple headers and. It takes a toll on the Not mechanics. The, and, yeah, the sprint weekends and everything, too. And, and how many of those are going to be in the calendar next year? And it's a lot. It is. And I, I get the drivers like also need breaks as well, too. They do. They do. So. So. All right. Well, Colin, Formula One's over. I know. Th was it three months that we have as a break? 
Yeah, dude, they have like the shortest off season too. Because the week uh, race ones in February technically it starts in Fe- the race will be in March, but yeah, the yeah, first the weekend. Yeah, the weekend of February twenty eighth is the first. That practice. is crazy. Twenty ninth, yeah, because it's a leap year. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's so crazy. They have such a short off season. Yeah, and well, then they do have the summer break. So they have two kind of mini, like they have the month. But even then, the summer right. breaks what three weeks, and then another race a week after that. So a month. Yeah, but roughly. Yeah. Still, I know it's it's pretty nuts. odd. Yeah, odd, 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 odd. But you know what? I guess when you're just They're driving to... a car for a living, it's mm, not that hard. Yeah, you know, not not <laughs> <laughs> any person that says that go 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 tell them to watch the highlights of this year's Qatar Grand Prix. Yeah, where dudes were like fainting. Yeah, and literally passing out in the car, yeah. like losing four pounds from a race, yeah. literally from sweat. So, all right, Colin, let's get over to the world of college basketball. Woohoo! College basketball, you all know, is my favorite time of the year. I'm pumped because early season tournament season has really just ended more so. Actually, it did just end. We're going, we're getting into the heart of some out of conference, uh, more tune up games. Really not going to see any more big, uh, big matchups until conference play and then uh, SEC tournament, like uh, Big 12 SEC challenges. Well, no. Last year was the last year of the Big 12 SEC Challenge. So there you go. Very sad. Also, by the way, um, before we, we go any further, I need your Final Four, National Champion, and then Winner, and like all that stuff. Because we're going to try to get that out the way. Yes, we've done, I think, this is our third episode doing college basketball. So you're we're a little late in your predictions. Yeah. But it's fine. You know, we're, we'll let it live. You're, you're a busy man. All, all right. right. Stuff. So just get into it. Kansas is out in the Sweet 16. God, that's so different than what I'd said, but... You're looking better in mine, so that's fair. <laughs> uh, I'm going for my final four. I'm going to have to go Purdue, Marquette, yeah. Baylor. Okay. And I really... There's two teams that I'm torn on. It's Arizona and Houston. But I'm going to go with Arizona. That's fair. I, I had Arizona. I think Purdue, um, Arizona, Marquette. So and Baylor. For, for mine, I had Kansas. I had Kansas. I had I think Arizona was my other one. I had uh oh, who the heck did I had? I had USC and then I had um oh who was the fourth? I had a fourth team that didn't make it, and then I had Kansas USC as my champ. Yep, tr- trust me, dude. USC is gonna be they're gonna come alive later in the year. I'm telling you right now. I believe in USC. Okay. Okay. They're not ranked right now. I, I understand. Respect, I respect it. I UC, USC is I, my kind of dark horse team. Okay. All right. I, no, I respect it. There's always one. Yep. There's always one. But anyway, who is your national champion? Uh, you know, Bronny James. Hello. They also got like the number one, number yeah, two. Yeah, because Bronny James is that much of a difference maker. I, hey, listen. They also got the number one, number two prospect. You're right. The, you're right. Incoming you're freshman. Right, you're right. You're right. You're right. They got right. they got some talent. My national championship is going to be Arizona and Marquette. And I'm going to have the Zona Wildcats winning the NCAA tournament before heading into the best conference in college basketball the very next season. So I like it. I, I really can't. I can't hate on that whatsoever. Dude, Shaka has got this team going, bro. Dude, I'm 
Shaka to me had a raw deal at the University of Texas. Yeah, he did. And what coach doesn't? I, that's Do you know how hard it is to win at UT? It's very hard. You're you're you don't have an AD. You have boosters. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't do what the boosters say, you don't get your money. Exactly. And so. Shaka to me is one of the ten best, if not higher, coaches in the country. And look, I understand Texas. You know, as their guy right now, um, Shaka to me is at the top of his game. And Marquette. A national historic power in Marquette, you know, they're they're going to be in it late, and I'm so mad that I overlooked them. But I was just like, eh, I'm not sure how I feel about them. And then they just went and smoked Kansas, and I'm dude. Like, honestly, though, I could say <sighs> this year, like, it could be anybody. They were in three of Purdue. Yeah, like it <sighs> could it could like honestly, if I'm looking at the top ten right now. Mm-hmm. I could see any team in the current top 10 winning the national championship and even further than that. A&M has a squad this year. Mm-hmm. I see A&M I like potentially winning. Texas has a really good yep. team. North Carolina is still really good. Nova, BYU. I mean, mm-hmm. do you know how good the Big 12 is this year, dude? Insane. The, here's the thing. The Big 12, obviously, is really good. I still would pick them as the best conference in college basketball, like I alluded to, to, to towards Brendan. The yeah. SEC though, my God, they've got some sleepers. They do have they do have some teams. Kentucky, Tennessee, you mentioned Texas A and M. I just I can't, man. Until Kentucky shows Alabama, me different, I can't. I here's the thing. It's I, hard. Who are you talking to? Yeah, like at Kentucky. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> Trust me, with Kentucky. But I'm saying in terms of the depth of their conference. Yeah, yeah, very deep. I very deep. They're very deep conference. Very yeah, dude. It it's gonna be, dude. Oh my God, dude. I love college basketball so much. Is going to be so so much fun, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I really I don't know. There's not much to say other than, dude, Kansas. We were talking about it before the show started. Mm. Kansas doesn't have a true <laughs> big, and it's hurting them. It's so. Here's the thing. I was a big fan of Dickinson. Obviously, yeah. I think he's still one of the best players in the country. I don't know if his game translates to the pro game, but I think for a college scheme, he does very winnable basketball plays. Yeah. The thing is with him, he's got an IQ. He does. He's an IQ, he's but he's experienced. He's also a very much under the rim big, which when you're playing in a Big 12 where you have guys that can take it off the dribble, yep. or especially like a Purdue who just forget Zach Eddy who's just going to overpower you. Anybody. Um, he's not great at defending the drive. And then yeah. what you also mentioned that they're not the biggest team outside of Dickinson, you kind of sit there and you're Bill Self and you're like, okay, we have to really work on our perimeter play and not, you know, keep guys in front of us in order to be successful. And then when you go up against the Purdue, that again, you can take you off the dribble. They've got get multiple guys that they can swing to that can create off the bounce. It's going to cause problems for Kansas, and I yeah. really should have looked more into that when I made my national championship pick. But listen, I'm a rock with it. Um, I think Bill Self, if anybody, can still figure it out. You know, I don't know, man. You know, the Big Twelve is going to be really interesting this year too for Kansas because you're not seeing teams twice. Mm-hmm. Every you're not seeing every team twice like you have recently. Back then, the or like even last year, the Big Twelve was playing a round robin, home and away. Mm-hmm. This year with the 14 teams mm-hmm. you're playing a couple games home and away and then you're just playing single games against other teams right and those close games that you lose there's no chance to redeem yourself for a lot of these games mm-hmm. and dude that that's going to be rough i mean you're not only you're seeing every team in the big 12 so that means you are seeing houston mm-hmm. you're seeing baylor mm-hmm. you're seeing byu who's actually good this year cincinnati got votes 
Mm-hmm. TCU has a solid squad. They're always going to be competitive under Jamie Dixon. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be an absolutely insane gauntlet for Kansas. And these are a lot of teams with a lot of talent, a lot of depth. I don't know, man. I think here's the thing. I like their guards. I really do. I'm going to say Kansas does not win the Big 12 this year. That You pick Baylor, so that makes sense to yeah. go to the Final Four. Yeah. Um, here's what I'll say. Kevin McCuller Jr., senior guard for them. He's going to be their second guy outside of Hunter Dickinson. I know K-Mac well. Yeah, it's, he's a, here's the thing. He's a baller. He I is. think he is 6'7", can do a lot of things well. Um, he's definitely going to be their guy that kind of sets them into the offense, but also kind of help out in the rebounding. To me, they're almost kind of like a weird hybridish team where they can do a lot of switches, again, on this, certain ball screens. Do you remember the, the Texas Tech National Championship team? This uh, is exactly what they were. Their biggest guy was Norens Odiase. They didn't have a true point guard. They had point forwards. Right. And they had a bunch of guys right. that could guard one through five. Yeah. And it ended up working really, really well. But that was a weaker Big 12 conference. That was mm-hmm. one of the few years that Kansas did not win the Big 12. They were young. And yeah. like, <sighs> to me, I don't like, think the Big 12 is that this year. No, I know. I don't. And I, here's the thing they're going to have to sit there and outside of their Big Three with Dickinson, McCullough, and Adams. They're gonna have to figure out okay, who where are we getting production from? If it's just gonna be from catch and shoot, are we gonna get any production off our bench? Where that's gonna kind of lead them because outside of that, they are kind of a interesting unknown in that regard. Um, like I said, they have veteran leadership at their ball handler position, you know, whether it's the point forward, whether it's the guards. I trust that part of Kansas. Like they're not gonna yeah. beat themselves, I don't think. My issue is, like you said, I forgot about the kind of size deficit. And Dickinson, while he is, you know, I mean, he's 7'2". Like, it's not like he's a small. He's a small 7'2". Like, he plays small in that regard. And I, I mean, he got exposed by Edie. He did, plain and simple. And that could be a really bad matchup if Purdue faces Kansas down the road. I think also Dickinson is just way too worried about clout (laughs) and just likes to run his mouth way too much. Like, he's got a little bit of a mouth on him. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he he. Whereas is, Eddie, Eddie's the complete opposite. No, he's quiet. And he, he doesn't say a word. Also, did you see it was um it was after the Gonzaga game, he came and he was interviewed by whoever was on ESPN, and he was just he he had probably a, the great Holly Rowe. Uh, it probably was Rowe. Um, he had twenty five and I think like fourteen that night. Um, he came out and was just literally ripping himself. Like I got to play better on this. I got to do this better. Just so humble so just like down to earth team guy like great face of the franchise kind of program uh ball player that zach eddie is and i just was like gosh darn it dude all this for purdue to lose to a 16 seat again (laughs) i mean maybe dude i'm kidding i had (laughs) it that's funny but no point being college basketball is looking nuts this year villanova winning the battle for atlantis just proving that they are still a very competitive team, even without Jay Wright. It took them a year to kind of compete yeah. early again. I mean, they ended up doing just fine last season, but mm-hmm. um, I love seeing mid-majors, man. Like, I love it. Marquette. I love seeing UConn up there. Florida Atlantic, dude. Yeah, FAU. Yeah. Like, they're still competitive after their year last year. Big East is still competitive, too. Creighton, Nova, Mountain West with Colorado State. I mean, that's why I love college basketball, man, because it's so much more balanced conference-wise. There's truly guys who can compete with anybody in every conference. And I think that's why the tournament is just such a great thing because everyone gets to prove themselves. If you win your conference, you get a chance. 
And a lot of, I mean, we've seen it these last couple of years. FDU, Farley Dickens, yeah, Farley Dickinson, San Diego State, San yep. Diego State even yep. from the Mountain West, yep. Um, yep. St. Peter's, yep. UMBC. I mean, mm-hmm. college basketball is different in that way, man. There's only 15 dudes on a team. James Madison. So all these, <laughs> like this year, like, <laughs> and they're going to a bowl game. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So yep. uh, we got a lot of college basketball left. Ready for the, um, the, out of conference to get finished up so we can get into conference play towards the new year. Cause once we get into conference play, man, whoo, that's when it really is going to start. Before we up. get into conference play, we got to do like our conference winners. Okay. Well, yeah. obviously got Kansas in the big 12. You got Baylor. I got Baylor. Okay. Which yeah. next one do you want to go to? Let's see. Um, let's do sec. Sec. And again, this is kind of cheating. Obviously since we're doing it so late. Um, I personally, like you really try to sold me with AM, but I I'm gonna roll with Tennessee. I think Tennessee wins it this Sounds year. like you know my answer. I'm going with the fight in Texas. Yeah, I knew I knew. I dude, here's the thing. They just they lost to Florida Atlantic, which again is one of those kind of mid majors and everything. And but it's early in the season. Florida Atlantic's good too. I, they are like, they're not bad. By the way, they play um Arizona in December. Yeah. I'm gonna be watching that game. Absolutely. Um but you know, getting back to it, it's I, I really like the volunteers this year. I do. I Here's the thing. They've kind of fallen a little bit. They've lost two of their first six, but I like Tennessee. All right. Uh, let's go ACC. Okay. Uh, shocker. This prediction's probably made a thousand times in our lifetime. I'm going to roll with Duke in the ACC. I'm going with Duke as well. Okay. I, I thought about I, I was, thought about Miami. I thought about Miami. I thought about even North Carolina. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. John Shire just has that experience behind Coach K, mm-hmm. and he knows how to coach that squad. Yep. Like it's he's literally just another Coach K, yeah, and he's going to be there forever. And Duke is going to remain competitive, and it's going to be one of those blue bloods that just never goes away, yep. no matter what. So, mm-hmm. um, Big Ten, Big Ten school. Um, dude, is the hold on is. is What's what's the race? Is that, you go oh, Purdue, well, right? Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. yeah, yeah. I forgot Purdue's in the Big Ten. No, I was, I was. But then after Purdue, we don't see another Big Ten team until Illinois at twenty four. Yeah, I don't, I don't love the Illini. Very actually. weak conference. Yeah. So that that also plays in yeah. Purdue's favor. Purdue will win mm-hmm. the Big Ten. Uh, what are we missing? Uh, Big East. Big East. Marquette. Marquette, I do like Marquette. I'm gonna roll with Marquette. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to roll with Marquette too. So, man, is that the Power Six? So we get them all, uh, for or high major, I guess, big, in college basketball. We did Big Twelve, Big Twelve, SEC, SEC ACC, Big Ten, Big East, East. Pack, Pack Twelve. Yeah. Oh, rip right, <laughs> the Pack Twelve. We all we killed them before they even. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> Give me Arizona. Yeah, Zona, easy. Yeah, God, dude. Zona, mm-hmm. Kansas, mm-hmm. those games are going to be electric every year, dude. Wow. You know me. I'm just a Big 12 truther in college basketball. Mm-hmm. I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited for it, man. So excited for it. Well, All it's right. here. It's here. It's here. It's here. And uh, wow. Well, before we really get to the death of the Pac-12, which was... Uh, the Pac-12 playing its last ever regular season games this last week. We got to hit some NBA, keep it on the hardwood for a little bit, and then we'll get right back into football. 
All right, the Inba. Yeah, bad joke. That was just that was bad. I had to let you sit with that one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for letting me. You're I've, welcome. I've realized now. I've come to. Hey, you do the same thing. Sometimes you, I just buddy. need to shut up, man. Stop, 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 stop. That's that's I just concerning. Hold my nose ring. Oh, that's. Ouch. Anyways, we're good. <laughs> All right, so uh, you know how we were talking about in the NHL how the the standings are looking kind of odd, brother. The first place spot in Boston Celtics really don't throw me off here. Mm-mm. The second place Orlando Magic does. Paolo Bancaro, my God, a star and budding might be budding Stud, into a superstar. Bro. Yeah, God, dude, both the Wagners, you know, they're balling. Uh, Cole Anthony is a guard that finally is working in Orlando. Yes, dude. Holy hell. <laughs> Jalen Suggs. Which it, we did not think would happen. Right. <laughs> Jalen Suggs. I like him as just a do-it-all kind of hustle guy. Can play a little defense. Gets really some scrappy buckets. Even Markel Fultz is averaging double-digit points for them. So I really like this Orlando Magic team. They have been kind of at the bottom of the Eastern Conference now for... Pretty much most of the a long time <laughs> since maybe the Dwight Howard years. Yeah, like it's. I mean, they had yeah. the one year where they kind of got into like the eight seed at one point. Yeah, but they haven't been competitive in a long time. Right. Um. Yeah. Orlando arguably is the best story in the NBA going right now. But we were talking about Utah last year at this time. So we were, we were talking about Indiana also last year at this time. Like Which Indiana's in fifth place in the East right now. Yeah. So let's go through the Eastern Conference right now. Currently in the playoffs, Boston Celtics, Orlando Magic, Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, the Indiana Pacers, the Miami Heat, mm-hmm. who have kind of resurged yes. up to the sixth seed. And then currently in the play-in, the New York Knicks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nets. Um, rounding out the out of the play-in slash playoff spots, the Toronto Raptors, the Charlotte Hornets, the Chicago Bulls, who are getting ready to blow it up, and the Detroit Pistons and the Washington Wizards. Detroit on a 13-game losing streak. Awful. Awful. They uh, play the Wizards tonight. <laughs> so battle of the bottom dwellers in the East. Man. Um, here's what I'll say. But Chicago, I'm just waiting uh, to hear more about where Zach Levine and where he's going to get traded. Yeah, because he, he's not going to be there at the end of this year. Yeah. And then he's the, going somewhere else. And the effect of all that. Um, I sure. will give you one Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> for Zach Levine. Uh, you keep trying. Throwing a Dwight Powell, then maybe they'll think about it. Huh? And the 20. 20- 32 draft pick. <laughs> keep keep trying. All right. Um, Char- and a 2034. <laughs> Here's what I'll say also. Charlotte, I love watching LaMelo Ball play. He is... Everyone else? <laughs> I like Brandon Miller's for a rookie. Yeah, yeah. He's better than Scoo. He's fun. He's, he's you know, doing that part. Yeah. But he's, again, Charlotte's young. They're, yeah. they're very young. Um, the rest of the East, though. Uh, Cleveland, Donovan Mitchell. It's the worst kept secret in the NBA that he wants to be out of Cleveland, and that team chemistry wise, from the Oof. jump, does not work. And the Here, fact that they it. were no, as successful. Hold on, I have to do it for Brendan. Cleveland. There you go. All right. Cleveland. Uh, there you you go. did it better than I did. Yeah, you got to put some some uh, Cleveland. There you go. You're getting there. Um, here's what I'll say. Donovan Mitchell also could get traded. So be potential on a, him potentially asking out. Um, the Knicks, they're 
you cannot win with Jalen Brunson being your best player in terms of like winning a championship. I thought they'd at least be better in the regular season, but it just it's very apparent to me that Julius Randle is a shell of his former self. Yeah. Um he had like two years. And you he, had you had your chance. And you did you blew him. You yeah. blew you blew the Julius Randle golden age. I was never a big fan of RJ Barrett, and it's just it's tough right now. And really, it's not even just random. I haven't been recording this one. I'm just I know, right? Um, no, it's just it, the Knicks in general, they have a lot of good pieces, but this year it's not flowing as well as it has been in previous years. Yeah. And I think they're going to need to make a move. Could it be for a guy like Donovan Mitchell or maybe Mikhail Bridges from Brooklyn or who knows? Um, the Knicks just are not going to do well uh, with Julie, or excuse me, Jalen Brunson being the lead guy. And then you look at Miami, right? Miami... They're having their kind of mid-season turnaround early because remember they started off last season. And it came much later. Right. Um, We'll see if that kind of turns out well. Um, But yeah, they're looking decent right now. I think they're also kind of developing some of their undrafted slash rookies before our very eyes, seeing if Tyler Hero can be that guy for them. Um, But Indiana, you you mentioned it. Tyrese Halliburton. My oh my. Yeah. How many point guards would you have above Tyrese Halliburton right now? Right now? If we're thinking, because, okay, we'll count Luke and Steph. Yeah. They're, they're guards. It's, it's, no, but I'm saying, yeah. like, that don't even think about yeah. it, right? I would say De'Aaron Fox yep. would be another one. I think De'Aaron Fox is probably the best player in the league right now. That's, okay, that's just... Best guard in the league right now. Okay. that Again, that's that's at, at least current more, moment. That's more to stomach, but I'll I'll allow it. You said best player. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I jumped to conclusions. Um, no, I, he's he's up there for sure. Okay. Um, so outside of those three, right, you have Dame, who's recently kind of rebounded. Yeah, yeah. So that's four. Um, I wouldn't think... Uh, Jamal Murray, do you count him as a point guard? And even then, like, he's more of like an off-combo, too. Yeah. Right? Um... So, yeah, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton, again, I'm just... I'm I going would put him at four. Well, it's five, I think. Five, yeah. Sorry. So, so that's five. Because Jaw, we don't know what Jaw's looking like. <laughs> right. So, Tyrese Halliburton, top five point guard, as confirmed. <laughs> but he's really good, though. Dude, he's like, so good. Like, every night. Did you watch that game? Uh, I forget who it was against. Where Indiana scored a stupid amount of points. I'm going to pull him up real quick. Um... It was against, oh, and they gave him like one like one fifty four, one fifty two, or something. One, yeah, one fifty seven, one fifty two. Is yeah. Trey Young? Yeah, my God, like <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton is here. He has arrived. Yeah, I don't know how he wasn't a New York Knicks pick, but again, they bottle everything, <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, and yeah, the Indiana is in the best spot basketball wise since the day of Paul George and uh, Danny Granger. So credit to them. That's Philadelphia kind of falling back down to earth a little bit. Um. You know, they weren't going to go undefeated forever without James Harden, yeah. although it's a nice screen. The thing is, they're a team that's so scary because they're this good with a max spot open. So Philly could be in a really good... The process might come to fruition. Let's put it that way. It might, yeah, especially at the trade deadline, man. I mean, think about who who do you think they could trade for at the trade deadline to fill that max spot? I mean, so the thing is, they have a nice, nice kind of pairing, right? You have MP... Embiid the MVP. Embiid. Embiid. Yeah. Embiid the MVP. You have Tyrese uh, Maxey, who's emerged. He's averaging incredible. I I think he's still averaging like roughly around 25 or something like that. And then you have Tobias, who's like that third scorer who just kind of provides everything. So to me, if I'm looking for somebody who kind of balances those three out, I want somebody that defends and shoots at the highest level that I'd be willing to give potentially that high amount of money. 
Um, Donovan Mitchell would not fit that. No. Because he's a chucker and not a defender and undersized. Zach Levine. No, I wouldn't. Zach Levine would be like pushing at that point. Because again, Levine's yeah. kind of a chucker too. He's, yeah. he's just bigger than Donovan yeah, Mitchell. He defends better. Um, Again, like Drew Holiday would have been nice, but no way Boston's giving him up. Nope. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like it, it would have to be like, again, a guy with size that could help Maxi out in the backcourt. Um, that could defend and shoot. I got it. Luca. <laughs> what is up with Luca? Just, I don't even know, man. You and Robert, I swear, throw out weird Luca with the best bigs in the game. Like, Robert wants Luca to play so much with Joel, uh, not, not Joel Embiid, uh, Nicole Jokic. Yeah. I do too. And it's just like, guys. They would be so unstoppable. Here's the thing they both need the ball in their hands. So? It, they, there's only one ball. They both have the ball in their hands somehow. And they're both not the greatest defenders. So it's like... <laughs> They'd be putting up 180. They, and probably giving up 195. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jokic is not shot blocking anybody. I don't know. I, I have a lot of respect for Jokic, but respectfully, look, him and Luka need to be on separate teams to succeed, in my opinion. And to be the best versions of themselves. That's my opinion. It's our new Braun and Jordan argument. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, if I'm looking at this, like... Again, not at a max spot level guy, but I like OG on Anobi. I do like OG, yeah. I think that could be a nice fit for that, Philly. That's actually a really great fit. Um, Defends well. Yeah. Gives them... Smart with a shot taking. Yeah. Like re- high efficiency guard. And Toronto could be looking yeah. to, you know, potentially offload him. Um, yeah. Someone, I'm trying to think. Uh, there's a guy in New Orleans that's, uh, he's... Herb Jones, he's like a guy, again, not a max guy. Yeah. But he's a really good defender. It is. Developing as an offensive Efficient. player. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, maybe one of the San Antonio guys, you know, like a Keldon John. Like, they just need a guy. To me, they don't need a star. They need a guy that fits. Yeah, bro. The Wemby hype is, like, yeah. I mean, he's still really good. Don't get me wrong. But he's they're not winning. No. They're not. They've lost all. 12 in a row. It's bad. Yeah. Um, they played the Mavericks close game one, and they're like, Whoa! Yeah, they also beat the Suns. Remember that one? Yeah, game? yeah, like, yeah. They came back. Yeah, and now it's like, okay, now we realize how. Yeah, now the hit. Suns are up to third again. Like, and they yeah. were like last in the league. Are we switching over to the West now? You think? <laughs> yeah, I think we need to. Yeah, right? we right. talked a lot about the East, but yeah, look, this is where we're starting to get a little weird. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Timberwolves are first place in the West. Anthony Edwards has finally arrived. Yeah, the Denver Nuggets are set. Wait, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Our second in the West. My surprise team this year. The Phoenix Suns, third. And finally, we get to the Denver Nuggets at four. The Dallas Mavericks at five. The Sacramento Kings still competing at six. The Lakers at seven. The Rockets at eight. Wow. The New Orleans Pelicans at nine. And the Golden State Warriors at ten. This Golden State team is not meshing like we thought they were. Like we thought they were, yeah. Yeah, when we started the season. Right. So, and then uh, you got the Clippers, the Jazz, the Trailblazers, Grizzlies, Spurs to round yeah. it off. Anthony Edwards. Oh, yeah. He's him. Oh, my God. Here's the thing he is, he, when they drafted him, he was always going to be their number one guy. It just was a matter of when he would develop uh, into that guy. I'd put him above Tyrese. What do you, Ty, what? Tyrese Halliburton. No, I'm saying their number one on their team. No, I meant, I meant like, because oh, dra- we were we were ranking guards. Oh, oh, well, Edwards is a, Edwards is a two. Yeah, he's a two. He's okay. not a one. Mike okay. Connolly's right. a one. You're right. Um, he's averaging twenty six point six points. Right. Right. Here's the thing. So guard. So, <laughs> yeah, whatever. 
Um, dog, though. He is a dog. Here's here's my thing with Anthony Edwards, right? I haven't done it this season. Anthony Edwards, dog. There we go. It's been a while since we've had that on the Yeah. Um, here's the thing about Ant. So he was drafted, right, in that infamous LaMelo Ball, uh, James Wiseman draft, if you remember that. Um, imagine what Golden State would have had if they had Anthony Edwards. Oh, thank God. Yeah, right? They do not have Anthony Edwards. So here's the thing, right? Ant is a star budding in, kind of similar to Tyrese, where he's a star, kind of like Paolo. They're stars budding into superstars. Anthony Edwards might be the best out of the lot, out of those three. Um, Easy. Right? So he, to me now, is leading a team that's young, relatively, obviously, like Rudy Gobert's been in the league a while, Conley and Carl Anthony Towns. But they got some young pieces in this team, right? They are a team now that they're going to flex in the regular season because they're young, they're willing to get up and down, they compete every night like it's their last night, right? They're going to capitalize, and I don't think they're going anywhere. I said this last week. I think they're a team that's legitimately going to stay in the upper echelon of the Western Conference. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's it's one of those where it Anthony this team will go as far as Anthony Edwards will take him because yeah. I don't trust Cat to be the number one. He's now no. number two. Yeah, which is where he should be. Yeah. Gobert is a defensive guy that finishes at the rim. Yep. Conley at this point is a veteran playmaker, and it's all up to Ant. And while that could be kind of dangerous, it also kind of works, right? Because you have a clear hierarchy, and I think Ant now can compete with some of the top guys in the NBA. And it's scary to think about that because he's still so young. But he he so came good, he came into the league with an NBA body. He did. He and, really did. And he's grown into that even more so. 225, 6 foot 4, just a freaking baller, man. Just a dog. Dog dog dog. And that's the thing. So them we and should then, have seen it when he was at Georgia. We should have. Well, I mean, he, that's a big reason why he went number 1. True. So, um also OKC, right? So they're another young team. They got a dog in Shea Gilgeous Alexander, which he's a guy that I don't think anybody can really argue at this point. He's a top 10 guy. Yeah. Averaging 30 a game. Yeah. Um, he is now leading a young team as well. Again, with Chet, Jalen Williams, and that aforementioned <laughs> guy we will not name. <laughs> it's like, I, I almost said it. I almost did. Lou Dort. That's who I was going to say. Trey, man. The other Jalen Williams. Yep. Um, they got a young group there, point being. Um, <laughs> and they're going to flex. The regular seasons where young teams go to flex. Yeah. You know? Because every night's a night where, like, hey, we're here. Yeah. We're here to win. Yeah. Now. And I did pick Oklahoma City to be my biggest kind of improvement team. And they're showing why. I mean, they went down to the wire with the Philadelphia 76ers last night. They are here. Chet Holmgren adds a new dimension to this offense and defense. Uh, Shea's obviously going to give you buckets every single night. Yeah, dude. This, and they got role players, man. This rookie of the year race is really going to come down to Chet and Wemby. Yeah, two freaks. And I I think I went with Chet, you went with Wemby. Yeah. And based on just pure opportunities, I feel like Chet's got a really good shot to win it this year, man. He does. He does. Yeah, because they're winning. They are winning. He's clearly making a difference on that team. Which Wemby is too, but they, they've got more to work with in Oklahoma City than San Antonio. Right. Um, so. Then we go to the Phoenix Suns. They, despite all the injuries they've gone through with Book and uh, Beal. Beal, they, to me, are a team that, again, when we come down to it, because, listen, respect to Minnesota, respect Oklahoma City. They'll make noise. I don't expect either one of those teams to be the final two right. in the West. I expect this team and the other team in fourth, that's the defending NBA champ, to be kind of the final team standing. And to me, man, the biggest story 
is not any of Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. It's Yusef Nurkic, man. Yusef Nurkic has come in and said, all right, I realize where I'm at, right, in my career, right? Like, I had my stuff in Portland. I had my moments being kind of a whatever, pseudo, tough guy and everything. Let me show you what I can do in Phoenix. Ten points. Crazy. Nine rebounds. Crazy. Leading, leading the it's team in like steals and blocks. Someone said this was going to happen. <laughs> hey. And people hey. looked at me like I was crazy. Hey, here's what I say. I wasn't like Robert. Robert, I don't know what just happened there with that. You're fine. Um, Robert said he was just gone. Like he was trash. I said he could be. You were on the very positive. You were on the very positive scale. Dude, I I just knew Yusuf had it in him, bro. Yeah. He is a dog in the paint. He is he's huge, bro. Like no one massive. Like, there's few big men who can move like he can at Seven his foot size. 290. Yep. Yeah, he's 10 pounds away from 300 pounds. Yep. And he moves the way he does. Yeah. Yeah. It, he's so talented and he's such an asset to have in the paint, man. And I knew it. Like, I, and I said it, man, it scares me because if you find how to play through Nurkic mm-hmm. in the paint, it's scary, dude. Those pick and rolls are disgusting. Like, oh, not, I knew it. Not to, <laughs> excuse me, not to mention also, you got four guys on the team that are averaging at least a block a game. Yep. So it's a really group effort on the defensive yep. side. But Nurkic is kind of the lead dog at this point. Yeah. Um, I I think Phoenix, again, their downfall will be if they do lose to Denver. Their downfall will be, okay, who are we trusting to kind of bring the ball up and be the playmaker? Because it's it's one of those things that none of these guys, like KD, Book, and Beal, none of them have really ever been the let's get others involved in the offense. Yep. Right? Especially and Beal and Book, they've always played usually off of someone else. Exactly, whether it's Chris Paul or whether it's John Wall or yeah. whomever, right? Yeah. Um, and then KD's respective. I mean, KD's, you know. Best forward in the league right well Giannis is I'd say probably would be yeah there. yeah second best forward in the league <laughs> there you go so um yeah no I like and I like a lot of the role players Grayson Allen's best little, power forward in the league small forward no power no he's just yeah he's I guess it's he'd tough. be a four technically because of his size yeah he's just but so he, tall but I'd also consider Giannis a four so no yeah that's what I'm saying if he was small forward how about he's the best finesse forward in the league how about yeah. that yeah <laughs> Yeah. We'll call Best pull-up shooting forward in the league. Sure. Okay. Jonas can't do that. I, well, no, I'm saying, but, like, I can't. I'm not going to keep arguing with this. So, let's just. <laughs> well, we know what Kevin Durant. We know who Kevin Durant he is. He is the best guy named Kevin Durant in go. the league. There we go. <laughs> there we go, brother. Um. So, yeah. I like Phoenix. I just, again, to me, they're second only to the Denver Nuggets, who sit there at fourth. I know they've kind of gone on a re- least recent losing streak. Oh, my God. Nikola Jokic is still him. I yeah. Michael Porter. Him. Jamal Murray. Him. Aaron Gordon. Himothy. Contavious Colwell Pope, who subbed in for Bruce Brown. Like just, nothing. Yeah. I think that's just the system that they're in, though, man. Yeah. Like if you have a guy who can give you the same amount of effort in that position, you're fine. My biggest question mark was their bench. And Reggie Jackson and Christian Braun have come in seamlessly and are willing to give these guys, you know, valuable minutes. Yep. Now, I worry about their backup depth, right, in terms of the big man, because right. DeAndre Jordan's still somehow getting 12 and a half minutes oh, in the wow. NBA. Um, <laughs> they're going to need to improve that, um, because I think literally, I I mean, outside of Porter, Jokic, and Gordon, right, those are your main three, you'll obviously kind of rotate them and stack them to where at least you hope you have two of them on the court. Yeah, yeah. But they need, I mean, like Peyton Watson... Sorry, uh, DeAndre Jordan, 
Kike uh, Nanji. I don't even know how you say that correctly. Um, Justin Hall. Like, those are your backup bigs. Yep. So I would look for Denver to potentially make a, you know, bench move here later in the season. Yeah. But that's the I only agree. thing. Um, moving hey. on to the Mavericks. Okay. We're talking about the Mavericks. So. And then now we're on to the kicks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, the Mavericks are really good, man. The Mavs are really good, good. and I know we've lost a couple games that we shouldn't have. But look, when I look at the teams that we've lost to, right, Mm -hmm. our worst loss this season, point-wise, blowout-wise, Mm quote-unquote, is to the Pelicans. We lost by 21, who is a very good competitive team and who was balling out with Zion. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we lost to the Clippers pretty badly. Um, And that one... I don't know what the hell was going on, man. The team literally just did not look awake whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the elder, the Raptors was bad. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we lost to the Nuggets. We lost to the Kings mm-hmm. and to the Bucks. Those are three L's I will gladly take. And honestly, the Pelican, Pelicans one I'll take too. But then on top of that, you're beating the second place in the East Magic. You... Well, and beat the Nets, beat the Spurs, beat the Grizzlies. None of these are impressive. You murder the Clippers. And then the night before, you do beat that same Pelicans team. Mm-hmm. Um, beat the Wizards. You beat the Lakers in a thriller. That game was fun to watch. Thriller. <laughs> that was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think the Mavs are going to be fine. Uh, here's what I'm looking at. Looking at their upcoming schedule. They have Houston. Uh, Memphis, Oklahoma City. That'll be a big game. That'll be big. Memphis, again. Los Angeles, who's always given the Mavericks low-key, kind of really close, tough games. Minnesota. Ooh, Memphis has it rough right now. Tickets as low as $4. Yeah, that's tough. Um, So Minnesota, that's will be another good game. At Portland, at Denver, right? All within a span of, what is that, two, three weeks? The Mavericks will find out about themselves in that two, three-week yeah, stretch. Now, again, will. we always said, we said it last time, Season starts on Christmas. Look at who they're playing on Christmas. The it's those Phoenix, Phoenix Suns. Freaking Suns, baby. Yeah. So. God, I hate Phoenix. Well, you're going to have a chance to. And Philadelphia. Fuck the city of Philadelphia. You have to say it like once a podcast. I, I swear. have to. <laughs> I hate them so much. Uh, No, man. I think. Stupid city. Stupid people. You know, the Mavericks were at a point where they were, I think, second in the conference. It was like the highest they got. Yeah, we were six and one right behind the Nuggets. Right. And then they've kind of now kind of fallen it's a little Nuggets. bit. Yeah, and it's... No one's saying the Nuggets are bad. No, and it's... Here's the thing about the Mavs. Well, they also are the defending champs. I'm sorry. There's a little context. I get that. (laughs) Luka and Kyrie work. They're figuring it out. Yes. It took an offseason. It took a half a season last year, but they're figuring it out. Derek Lively, solid. I Dude, Lively to me, that's... I was going to get to that. The key to the Mavericks, right, is how they treat Lively and how available and how effective he's going to be late in the season because yeah. we've, we've seen this with rookies man we have come from we europe have. g league or um college right they're not used to the nba schedule and how much of a toll it takes on your body and yeah. you start to wear down yeah. you're not as effective late so when you get to march april may how effective is he going to be that's going to be key for them grant williams staying healthy because he is such a key component in this team also can we talk about derrick jones jr yeah i was going to get to him but yeah go ahead derrick jones jr yeah. Has been, I think, my biggest surprise on this team this year so far. Yeah, yes, uh, averaging like eight, eight a game, three rebounds, assists. He, to me, he's a very glue guy. He's a guy he that's is a very good glue guy. He's you know gonna give you a lot of effort. 
fight for those 50-50 balls. Um, is not afraid to guard really anyone out on the perimeter. No. So he's going to be a key guy for the Mavericks going down the stretch as well. But he's a guy... Um, he... Let me... Sorry, I'm just looking up his bio for a second. So he's played, obviously, with the Mavericks this year. He's, you know, bounced around the league a little bit. You know, started out in Phoenix, went to Miami, Portland, Chicago, and now has found a home in Dallas where, at least right now, I'm thinking this could be a permanent fit for him. I think so, too. Because he's only 26. Yeah, he's young. Yeah, so he's he, literally my age. That's insane. That's crazy. You, you just made me feel soul just then. Huh. I was like, I remember when I was 26. Yeah. yeah you're the only one in our friend group now who isn't uh, 28 besides Connor. So Wow. <laughs> Crazy. I know. You're the only one still in their mid 20s. How about that? Barely. Because Connor's not even in his mid 20s. No, yet. he's not. Yeah. Crazy. Damn. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Derek Jones, glue guy. He'll need to keep, you know, being effective. To me, I'm looking at Josh Green and Jaden Hardy. Yeah. Um, I'm not expecting them to take over the team and average 20 like Maxi or anything like that. And I get it that also a lot of the ball handling goes to Kyrie and Luka. Yeah. But I am kind of hoping they provide a little bit more of a spark coming off the bench. Green will give you effort on the defensive end, so Without he kind of masks it a yeah. little bit. Hardy, to me, I don't know if it was just me being at the games last year. To me, he hasn't really like flashed in terms of like what he could do coming off the bench. Yeah. I don't know if it's, again, the system that they're running, or maybe it's just not the opportunities that he's given. But to me, I'm looking at Jaden Hardy as a guy that I kind of want to take more of an initiative coming off the bench and to really try to get into a flow to take the pressure off of Luke and Kyrie whenever he comes into the game. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking at overall throughout this season and going back to Lively here real quick. What I do love to see is that Luca's getting help on the rebounding side of the ball, which he has needed desperately. If we go through the games that we've played, here's the, who's had the highest rebounds. Luca 13. Luca 10. Luca 12. Lively, 13. Luca 10. Lively, 14. Irving, 6. Luca 7. Derek Jones Jr., 10. Powell, 10. Lively, 9. Lively, 9. Lively, 10. Luca 10. Luca 12. Dante Exum, 8. That's why we lost. Um, but... It's it's being split more evenly. Luca's not carrying the brunt of all of this. Granted, even on the assist side, there's still a lot of Luca, but there's four or five games where Kyrie has the high in assists. Mm-hmm. So, dude, taking that Luca still leading the stat, I think for no, he leads points, rebounds, assists, steals. Still, but nonetheless, he's getting help, and I think that's something that has really benefited him. It's benefited the Mavericks. And I think it's a, a reason that we're better this year. So we talked about it all last season that this year would be crucial in keeping Luca in Dallas. It has to be. And so far, the Mavericks up to this point have done their part. Yep. So I can't. I can't even say anything negatively in that regard. Um, Kings still. Here's the thing. For as great as De'Aaron Fox is, he and the Kings are still trying to figure out how to win. I think they're going through those growing pains. Um, They've now got the Minnesota Timberwolves, Oklahoma City Thunder, like those other young teams competing with them. Yeah. Along with the veteran teams mm-hmm. that they're already competing with. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Lakers, uh, to me, this is about what I expect them to be. Yeah. I I don't know. I, don't, I think by the time the season's over, the Lakers aren't going to make the play-in. I think they make they, the play-in. They might make the 10, 9. But I, 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 don't, I, don't I think know. they'll make the play-in. They're too good. LeBron and AD will not allow, I think, them to fall out. They did a couple years ago. It's true. 
Um, they're grand with injuries and stuff. But uh, Houston, you kind of uh-huh. also mentioned they're a little bit of a surprise team. Mm-hmm. To me, this is all about getting the veteran leadership in. I mean, when they kind of had those guys, one of which we will not name, you know, leading the team kind of younger, yeah. right? Um, they needed some veteran presence. A lot in there. of guys we won't name, man. No, the NBA is kind of going through a rough patch <laughs> in that regard, and they need to get their bleep together. Yeah. Um, but look, you know, uh, Fred Van Vliet is a consummate pro. He's obviously been in the NBA for multiple years, you know, been a part of championship cultures. He knows what it takes to win Emi Udoka for what you will say about him. He's a aspirational coach that knows what needs to be done on the defensive side of the ball, which is what this team very desperately needed. Um, even Dylan Brooks, for as much as we clown him, he will give effort and he will at least fire up the guys on and that side of the ball. And he'll talk his shit. Yeah, he will. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, uh, they need to blow it up. I'm, yeah. I'm tired of this, you know, Brandon Ingram, uh, you know. Zion. Zion. Uh, CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum. They're just not it. No. This is their ceiling, and it yeah. sucks, but it's just the reality. Zion, low-key, that could be somebody who goes to New York. Yeah. Because at least yeah. there, he'd be, you know, in the spotlight to where yeah. he'd really get his... He's kind of almost like hiding in New Orleans. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, Golden State, we'll kind of touch on a little bit. Um, the rest of the West is just kind of like... Draymond needs to figure this shit out. <laughs> he literally choked out Rudy Gobert, and he doesn't care. Also, that's on the NBA for suspending him for only five games. Mm-hmm. That's the dumbest thing ever. So was that the first or the second of their double uh, back-to-back? I think it was their second, right? Yeah. Of the back-to-back that he got suspended. Right. So he so he's recently just finished his suspension. He'll be back for the Kings game uh, tomorrow night. Here's the thing what I'll say about Draymond. He has openly said, and he... I, uh, Part of the reason I respect Draymond so much is because he's so open and honest about who he is, he is as a player. Yeah, He has said it plenty of times. I am not an 82-game player. I'm a 16-game player, yeah. meaning he's built for the playoffs and everything. Yeah. But the problem with Draymond is the fact that you need to give something in the regular season. You have to. Clay Thompson, at this point, is a shell of his former self. He, and the thing Dude, is, the, the it's Warriors, rough. Warriors, I don't know if they have it in them to break up the Splash Bros, but he just is not worth the contract that he's getting paid. Yeah. Chris Paul, again, he's provided moments, but ultimately I think he realizes at this point he is a bench player at best, yep. not, not even a six-man, to be honest. And Steph's having to do everything for this team. Yep. And they're in a very similar spot to where they were in last year, yep. to where now I can't even trust the Warriors. The issue is now Jordan Poole isn't there anymore. Right. To step up in some games to kind of win or you. To, or to take the blame. Yeah, or to take the blame. Right. And, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is looking to be the second best option. But there's but, but Clay's the one chucking shots. And he is, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, you got Curry who's <clears throat> averaging almost 30. Then it goes down to Clay at 15 yeah. on very inefficient numbers. Wiggins at 11.8. Kaminga at 11.6. Saric at 10.8. And then That's you got Chris Paul bad, at 9. Dude. Draymond Green at 8. I mean, Curry's just got to get some more help on the offensive end. He needs end. to. Yeah. And Clay is supposed to be that guy, and he's just not. He's not that guy no. anymore. And um, look, Clippers—they are what they are. Similar circumstances. They're finally learning how to win with James Harden, but even then, it's not great. Nope. Also, weird stat. I don't know if you saw this. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have not missed a game this year. Whoa! Amazing when they kind of change the ruling on the uh, those awards. How yeah. healthy those guys can get. Yeah. Have missed a single game, at least at the time recording this. Yeah. So. Crazy man, they're gonna get forty-two games in and miss the rest of the season. <laughs> they uh, that was a Gordon at Doug Central too. So, um, but yeah, I, the rest of it, the NBA, like 
Memphis is down the dumps. They're terrible. San Antonio. so down bad. Yeah, San Antonio's. Dude, Memphis without jaw. Bad. I think they that whole situation just kind of hung over their heads. Yeah. In the offseason. And then they try to bring in Marcus Smart to bring in an identity. And, like, it's just not working at all. Not at all. Something we have not touched on, though, Cullen, which we've kind of neglected. What's that? It's this in-season tournament. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't know if people... It's not hard, right? No. It's six groups, right? The winners of those groups plus two wild cards advance to a tournament bracket-style bracket, right? And then from that bracket, based on the seeding, right, they play until they eventually get to the final game. There's monetary compensation. That's the NCAA in-season tournament. I don't hate it. I don't either. I hate the courts. I hate the court. Thank you. So you come around to my side on that. Dude, after watching... Who is it that has, like, the blood red court? Like, oh, I forget who it maybe, is. Maybe yes. yeah. yeah, I love Houston's court. It's really nice. There's some but courts where it's like, red. but it, dude, I, they should not be that distracting. No, they should not. They took our idea of like, hey, having a trophy at center court, and yeah. it's like, great, let's change everything else. Honestly, I no. wouldn't hate just the stripe at the center. I too. Like, I that would be fine. Like that's okay. Minimal, minimal, minimal. changes. Yeah, and like maybe the lines on the court are like different colors and like maybe it's a little maybe you have designs on the court mm-hmm. but not the entire court being a solid color could not agree like, more. like imagine yep. doing like a graffiti like houston skyline mm-hmm. on the court yeah that would look cool yeah like especially along like you know where the camera is like at the bottom yes or exactly yes. exactly what i'm thinking yeah like just across the entire court that would be fun but the entire court being this like bright red where you're watching the game and you're like this literally kind of hurts to watch yeah, it hurts. It's rough. It is. Now, that being said, the players are playing harder in those games. It's noticeable. <laughs> They're trying. Yeah. Imagine. Right. You know, monetary compensation. Look at what it does. Maybe you should pay them more for the All-Star game. Hmm. Who would have thought? Now, it's working. Uh, Indiana Pacers have clinched their group, so they are into the next round um, in Group A. Still alive in that group, the Cavaliers, the Sixers, and the Hawks. The Pistons have been eliminated. Shocking. Uh, group B, the Bucks are leading the group 3-0. and Probably going to clinch here in a game or two. Um, New York Knicks, Miami Heat, Hornets still alive. Wizards are eliminated. Group C, the Magic are leading. The Boston Celtics and then the Brooklyn Nets, they are all t- uh, tied uh, with one loss. Orlando only has one more win than the other two. The Raptors and the Bulls are eliminated. In the West, the Lakers have clinched 4-0 in the in-season tournament. The Suns are second in that group at 3-1 looking for that wild card spot. Meanwhile, the Jazz, the Blazers, and the Grizzlies are all eliminated from that group. In Group B, this one's a a shocker. Uh, The Pelicans are leading the group at 3-1. The Rockets are second at 2-1, while the Nuggets, the Mavs, and the Clippers are eliminated from contention. The Sacramento Kings are leading their group 3-0. Minnesota Timberwolves in second at 2-1 with the Warriors right behind them at 2-1 with the Thunder and the Spurs eliminated from the group. I'm interested to see how this goes when we get to the knockouts. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think that little tournament in Vegas under the lights, like that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think something that would have been really cool is outdoor games if mm-hmm. you could make it possible right in vegas but i just i don't know if you could make that possible no i i think that's just too many different elements that you can 
and you know me, big dome guy. Right? Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. Huge, uh, literally. Big fan of dome. Yeah. Um, anyways, so you know what I noticed from a lot of like these trends, right, of teams that are competing? A lot of these teams are younger teams. Yeah. Um, minus, like, again, like the Lakers are obviously like an older team. Uh, the Bucks are kind of like an older but team. With, but with like young elements fibers yeah you know mixed in yeah right i think that's where teams like that will thrive like we're mentioning with the west you know why because a lot of these guys are coming out of college where they did just did what they played in the march the march madness tournament tournament. right you play early season tournaments you pay uh conference tournaments like they love tournaments are fun they are and especially single elimination exactly i mean you see like the kings the timberwolves the Rockets are still a, a relatively young team. The Magic are a young team. Like a lot of these young, the Pacers. Yeah. Like they've got a lot of youth in these teams, and I think those are the teams that are going to thrive for the most part. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, dude. Yeah. Like knowing that either the Pelicans or the Rockets are guaranteed a spot in the knockouts of this are going to be fun. I I really do think. So we just had to touch on it. I feel like we hadn't touched on it before. So yeah, it's you know, it, like I said, I'm still it's getting new. used to the whole I know. Thing. So am I. I it's, honestly forgot yeah. about it until. We were going through the standings, and I saw it at the top, and I was like, yeah. oh, shit, there is a tournament going on right now. And I also do love how they're not adding games for this. Right. It's They Taken. scheduled it the right way. Right. And what the, at max, you pay two more games, I think, right? I think so. Something so, like that. Yeah. All right. Let's get on over to college football, man. Let's do it. The regular season of college football has come to an end. Well, except... And the Pac-12 is dead. Except... For Army-Navy. Yes. Except... Championship week for the Pac-12. That's what I was getting to. They got the they got one more game in their kind of... Regular season, Pac-12 is dead. Yeah. Pac-12 after dark is dead. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, one, dude, I'm so pissed. Because like I was just getting into the Pac-12 too with like my schedule and stuff. And now it's now it's being taken away. Now it's going to be Big 10 after dark or Big 12, Big 12 after, after dark. Yeah. yeah. Rivalry week does not disappoint unless you're a Texas Tech fan. Uh, we'll we have it, to get it out of the way. We're gonna, okay. Here's I, the Because I want to talk about it now. I don't want to talk about it the rest of the fucking Top day. 25. You got to run through that first. Got to knock it down. Well, Texas is in the top 25. Well, so. uh, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Oregon, Ohio State. This is AP, by the way. Texas, Alabama, Missouri, Penn State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, LSU, Arizona, Louisville, Notre Dame, Tulane, oh, yeah. Iowa, Oklahoma State, Liberty, NC State, Oregon State, Toledo, James Madison, SMU. All right. Now get in with your crying and all that stuff. I'm not going to cry. We played awful. Did not show up for a massive 50. game. 50. Andrew, I got to speak for me and Brendan here when I say... I blame we the were, commissioner. We, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The commissioner, you were hyping up from the moment he said it. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was weird with my mic. I really was trying to get in there. What the hell? Okay. Are we good? I'm not touching it. <laughs> no touchy mic. No touchy mic. Um. Anyways, back to what I was saying. You sold us a bill of bad goods. Me and Brendan, we were like, all right, you know, we believe. Joey McGuire sold me a bill of bad goods. Yep, he sold all of us, right? And this... This, this just disgusting display. But and, no one told the commissioner and, to say that, man. Well, but you were hyping That's it. That's bulletin board uh, material. Oh, but you were hyping it. I loved it. Of course I loved yeah, it. Yeah, you did. But I also knew this probably was going to bite us in the ass. And you know what? You have to wear it now. You have to wear that bitten ass. On the <laughs> Quinn Ewers didn't even play a good game. But he played enough, and he played better than anything Texas Tech delivered. 
I hope we fire our offensive coordinator. I hope you seven points in a Big Twelve. I honestly, I'd feel better if we lost fifty-seven to twenty-one. We are. This is the last foreseeable matchup of this rivalry, and that was the performance that Texas Tech gave. You know what? They lost the last time they were in Lubbock. That's all I care about. Okay. Yeah. Fifty. Can't win in Lubbock. Fifty. That, I know, Cullen. Th- what the heck? I watched the game. Uh, uh, trust me, I did too. I was. I like, cried oh. when Arch Manning came into the game. Arch Manning had his make-a-wish moment against you. That was the equivalent oh. of that. He came in at the third quarter, Andrew. Well, Bo Nix won 10 games, okay? Yeah. Okay, so see, that's how I know that I've got him dead to rights is when he has to bring up other crap like that, which we'll get into that too. Um, but yeah, this is just unbelievable. I know, man. Unbelievable. I know. Here's the thing. I'm well, embarrassed. Uh that was a shameful performance, and it's it's done. You know, it's you got, over. You got it's a, done. You got a bowl game, and you'll you know live happily ever after in your new Big Twelve. We had a winning record in the Big Twelve. <laughs> we had back to back winning records for like in the first for like first time in a long time. So I can't wait for when you get hype again next year. No, I'm not. You are. No, you're Colin, gonna you're gonna get Micah Hudson. Colin, you're gonna get what was oh, it? Will yeah. Hammond again? Micah. Micah did tweet right after the game. Yeah. He tweeted hashtag Reckham. Yeah, he mm. did. He's still yeah. Down with his guys. Will Hammond is also a dog. Bro. Okay, yeah. Just wait. Just wait next year, guys. Just wait. But Will Hammond, no not... touchy. <laughs> yeah, no touchy. Uh, Will you... Hammond's not going to start next year, though. Uh, Michael will. Uh, Michael will. Yeah, Michael, Michael will be absolutely on. has to start. Good okay, well. God, we need it, bro. All but right. look, I get it, man. It's disappointing. Look, I'm grateful that I had friends who like were rooting for my school for the like first time in God knows how long, but. Um, you know, this is the Texas Tech experience. Mm-hmm. We get excited, we make a little bit of noise, and then we just get see now this. Down. Remember how I got mad at you for like you know woe was me for Dallas, Texas Tech. I'll allow that because yeah, again, you're going through it. Yeah, this right? is bad. This is that's this it's is bad. It's awful. Uh, but can we just move on? <laughs> we'll do Ole Miss, and then we'll do my pain. How about that? Your Ole- pain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Okay, yeah, we'll go in order. All right, the Egg Bowl. Love the Egg Bowl. One of my favorite rivalry. It's also just the coolest name for a rivalry. I I love rivalry week because of the names. Mm -hmm. Um, The Egg Bowl did not disappoint until uh, the third quarter. Um, No, the fourth quarter. Uh, Anyways, Ole Miss, number 12, Ole Miss, 17, Mississippi State, 7. Just a a really fun game, a really classic matchup. I'm glad that we're keeping it. Glad none of these teams are leaving the SEC. Now, mm-hmm. moving on. Yep. The battle for Oregon. Yep. The battle for Oregon. I'm pretty, what is the name of this rivalry? I'm pretty sure. There's a name for it, I just and can't. I can't think about it right right now. But yeah. number 16, Oregon State, seven Oregon. Texas Tech numbers. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> you're not wrong. Hey. Not wrong. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Number wrong. six, Oregon, 31. Yep. Bo Nix, another Heisman performance. It's incredible. I just got... You know, he is the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman, and I am just beside myself. Because here's the thing. If we're... If we're Mike, hello. Can I talk, please? <laughs> I have just never had so many in-studio just... Yeah, and this happens. Um, so here's the thing. Bought the jersey, by the way. So you weren't you here did? last week. I did. Yeah. It's, you get an Oregon jersey? It's it's an Oregon Bonex jersey. I, nice. Like what? Did, what? Did, I like I said. I you know, I said I was going to. Here it is. Um. Anyways, getting back to the analysis. Bonex is the odds-on favorite for the Heisman Trophy. How many times are you going to wear that? I told you. It's every. 
and through the Super Bowl. Oh, you're right. You're right. I mean, it, like, I, hold on. I actually think I still have it up. Which one did you buy? The it's the green one with the yellow. Cool. Green. Yeah, and just yellow. classic Oregon. Yeah, I, it's. Yeah, it was just the one that I saw. I was. I really didn't care. I was just like, "Fuck, I gotta buy this." Like, Fuck. Um, hold on. I'm pulling this up. All right, talk, talk your. Okay, here's the thing, right? So, Bonix, if we're gonna say he's the Heisman, I'm not sure exactly what the argument is for it. And with all due respect, yeah, numbers wise, Jane Daniels clears literally total yards, total yeah. touchdowns, yeah. you know, all of it, right? He has just been a man amongst boys in the SEC. Yeah. Okay. Bonix is on a truly great competing team yeah right no well okay jj mccarthy though is doing the same thing in michigan like yeah. why isn't he getting more respect yeah right um you know it, it's just like oh well he's winning in a conference that he could well okay Penix also in the same conference has gone undefeated where he beat bo Nix one-on-one like it's i understand bo Nix is having a great college football season i doubted him i was wrong as andrew alluded to on the 10 game bet whatever i still don't think he's a first round quarterback we'll get into that another day Bias aside, Jaden Daniels should be the Heisman Trophy winner, in my opinion. He's the best player of college football this entire season. It's not his fault that his head coach doesn't know how to implement the best players on his own defense, right? And it's not like Daniels has even had a bad game this entire time. He, from start to finish, has been the best player in college football. Even in losses. It it blows my mind. Cullen. We're at this point. You're going to be shocked to hear this. Okay. I agree. <laughs> okay. Jaden Daniels is the Heisman. The Heisman. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. this is where Oregon was smart, and this is on a completely different side of the ball. Um, it's not defense. It's not offense. It's the marketing department. Because guess who had massive yeah. posters I, up around the country? Is it is it on before it's, the season even started? It's somewhere. I know it's here. It's, it's got to be. It's it's there. The Heisman, Bo, Bo Nix. Yeah. Oh no, I get it. It's so <laughs> it did its job. It did its job. Oregon did their job marketing Bo Bo Nix. Yep. Bo did his job doing yep. just enough to show, hey, I'm kind of deserving no, no, of this no. award. I'll defend Bo Nix in that regard. He did more than enough. He did more than enough. He did plenty enough. Exactly. He competed in that. every game he played, and he only lost one game all season, and that's to their biggest rival in the Pac twelve. Mm-hmm. Like I said, and he has a chance to avenge that loss as well. I yeah. completely understand that. And that, and ultimately, it is kind of a like the media loves a good story. I they get do. it. You know, Bo Nix having all the tor- turmoil that he did at Auburn, you know, having to transfer schools, building something with Dan Lanning, even though Dan Lanning was the one who built this super team. Like, yeah. Good Lord. Um, look, he, I, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve a spot in New York. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I'm not outraged at the fact that he's getting nominated. To me, again, it's just if we're coming down to it, the best player in the award should win it. I mean, Johnny Manziel, right? He wasn't on the best team in college football when he won his award. But again, his story obviously was, you know, marketed better. LSU did not do that for Jaden Daniels, and now he's suffering the consequences for from it. And it's just, it's insane. So here, I'm going to do something because I did it for Brendan, so I got to do it for you. This is episode 49 of our Good Time Sports podcast. And I just want to make sure I, I it's roughly going to be about it, but you're about to hear my just, ugh, I hate to even. I saw, again, we're not advertising uh, gambling here, but every gambling site that I saw had Oregon, their win total 
at nine and a half wins. Okay. Okay. This is the closest I can do. That's why I'm kind of making the bets so extravagant. I should. Okay? I should. I if wish I had a bookie this year. Back if then. Bo Nix wins ten games, I will buy his jersey, and I will through the rest of the football season. That includes you know NFL Sunday. I might be showing up to your house. It's freaking Seahawks time, and I gotta wear a Bo Nix jersey. I like it. I like so it. I don't think the Oregon Ducks are gonna make that happen, but I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. And I'm going to say Bonix and the Oregon Ducks do not get to double-digit wins this year. All right. So that is my official bet. I wanted to do it more personalized to Bonix. But again, the props, they're just ages. Now, I rambled a lot during that. And obviously, if you want to go check out the full version of me ranting about that, it's episode 49. Good Time Sports Podcast It's roughly about an hour and 15 minutes in, if you want to go check that out. Um, have you ever seen the movie Interstellar where Matthew McConaughey is just looking at his uh, past self and he's just sitting there banging on the freaking like <laughs> things? No, no, no. Yeah, that's incredible movie. If you haven't seen Interstellar, very, very. Um, and that, that's coming from Colin who doesn't watch, watch movies. Oh, and it's one. Of, it's my. It's in my top three uh, movies of all time. But anyways, um, yeah, that was kind of my reaction to making that bet. Um, the fact that I now have to wear a Bo Nix jersey, I'm just like, why, why did I have to push it that far? It would have been fine if I literally just would have been like, yeah, I got to wear it, you know, one episode yeah. or something. Yeah. No, I got to, I had to really just lay it on, which also leads me to the question, I've asked Brendan this, um, where's your jersey bet, sir? <laughs> Where the heck? I've, I've done now two, and now I got to, f- <sighs> okay, you got to think of one. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's just tough. It, it might have to be like a college basketball one. I think a college basketball one would be good. I hate Hunter Dickinson. Like that'd be that would be the guy that like I would. Interesting. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just uh, it's the season's already started. Like it's got to come naturally too. Like yours, yours just came like. Which, by the way, I, I was thinking about this. I was talking about this the other day because they were like they asked me about it. They were like I was talking to a friend. My perfect jersey bet would have been Kansas State that year. That I was like, they're gonna win the Big Twelve. Well, th- no, because you would have been happy to wear that. That's the thing, though. But I, I, I look no, like... No, a perfect jersey, but that's the thing. I would have been sad, like, if I didn't get to buy it. Like, that's the thing. No, you would have been... No, the sad part, the, the thing about a jersey bet is you... You have to own a jersey. That, you have to look at it every the, day. And you have to wear it, the yeah. one that you don't like. Yeah. That's what makes a jersey bet. Like, yeah. And I was I was talking to a friend about this. It's like, here's the thing. I've been critical of a lot of... Court. I, I tend to be, like, the more, I guess, negative, if you want to call me that. Yeah. Of certain guys, that's just because, you know, that's just who I am. Yeah. But for whatever reason, Bo Nix and Tua, those are the ones that stuck. Like, in both respects. Like, I don't know what it was, but it just, it kind of like, yeah. I said whatever I said about them originally, and then <sighs> you guys just kind of like followed it up with a joke, and then I obviously defended that, and then it just became this whole thing, right? If and, the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl this year, I will buy a Jalen Hurts jersey. Whoa. You're, you're willing to put that on the line. And I hate it. You're willing to put that on the line. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Hold on. Or I can buy can I can I buy an Eagles jersey? Can I buy Zach McPherson's jersey? I here's because the thing. he went to tech. Andrew. And that would make you feel just a little Andrew, bit better. Andrew. Andrew. I again <laughs> said what I said. All right. I'm gonna let you think. I am not gonna I put you on the spot. I'm not gonna force you to make a bet right now. I appreciate you just saying what you said, but like you said, the season started and everything. I'll let you think about it. How about that? And we'll do it again. I did it in front no, of both of you. I won't think about it. No, here's the thing. I'm, I did it. Well, here's the thing. I did it in front of both of you, right? Because then Brendan's going to get in on it. Yeah. yeah so true. we'll wait. Okay. So we'll wait. 
I appreciate you. You know what? You're out of both of you two. You're the only one that said anything up to this point. And Brendan always, oh, you know, oh, the same excuse. Like, eh, you know, I don't know about it. You know, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll come back to it. You just say, see, here's the thing. It's got to make you feel like that. And what makes it tougher is like knowing how good they are so far. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it even better. Like I'm, I'm risking a lot here. We'll, we'll let you again, think about it. We're not, I'm not going to let you off the hook. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm not condoning you to this bed. We'll come up with something. Not Jalen Hurts. I would gladly buy, not gladly because it's still an Eagles jersey. But Zach McPherson, I think I could make myself do that. We'll we'll come to it. We'll me and it, Brendan will come up with a. We'll come no. up with it. We'll come up with it. Okay. Just owning anything with the name Philadelphia, like you think I love the fact that I had to buy this man's. I I had to buy this man's jersey. I, I this told man Brendan got this. an IL money from that. Like, he did. <laughs> he literally is going to. You get bought paid that off. man's dinner. Yeah, <laughs> or whenever, like his Uber ride or whatever, groceries or whatever. That man, I had to postpone buying Secret Santa. For our friend group, because I had to buy his jersey. <laughs> Do you realize how like messed up that was? I was like sitting there, like I had money saved aside, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna be buying, you know, whomever this." And I was like, "Nope, I can't," because you guys freaking sent that in the Twitter group, and I was like, "Mother, mm, I gotta buy this freaking bow next jersey." That's crazy. So look, it's purchased. It'll get here when it's get it gets here. I might put a phone call into Phil Knight and be like, hey, you got to <laughs> if you want to just, you know, do whatever you can to that jersey so it doesn't get here. Yeah. By all means, you know, because you know, I totally have Phil Knight on speed dial. I'll say this. Bo Nix, now that we're coming full circle and that's a long diatribe. Bo Nix, great job in the season. I still don't think you're a first round QB. Uh, we'll get more into it later. But congratulations. You did win 10 games. You're going on to play Washington. And we'll break that down later. All right. So. That being said, let's continue on through the top 25 matchups this week and the rivalry matchups because um, there's one game here that I really want to talk about because it made me very not unhappy. made me very happy. Um, Missouri, number 9, 48 over Arkansas, 14. Penn State, 42 over Michigan State, 0. Fun fact, Oregon State's head coach is going to Michigan State. He will be their next head coach there yes it's gonna be very interesting after the firing of mel tucker for great reasons mm-hmm. um right this so. this yeah. is a guy who can i have full confidence in that can rebuild this program i do too so i, I think and that's the thing i his, he's gonna have to rebuild the base and he's gonna have to start from scratch but michigan state can get back to where they need to be yeah all right moving on tcu allows 69 points to <laughs> oklahoma like, but they put up 45 so it's not as embarrassing Maybe if we had an offense, Texas Tech could have done the same fucking thing. I was right. TCU was my most disappointing team this year, and they did not even qualify for a bowl game. Nope, they did not. Now, this is the team that has made me very happy the last five very weeks. Rich. Iowa, <laughs> 13, Nebraska, 10. Cullen, what was the latest over-under for this game before the game started? Well, here's the thing. You got it at 25 and a half. Oh, I also got it at, 20, at 24 and, and a half. half. I doubled down. Oh, my gosh. And so, the fact that that was... Since the <laughs> Iowa-Minnesota game five weeks ago, I have been betting Iowa unders that have gone lower and lower and lower week after, after week, week after, after week. week. I have made... 
$235 on Iowa football in the last five weeks. Not advertising gambling, by the Not way. Not advertising gambling because I have also lost good money the last few weeks. <laughs> I am even with this $235 that I won from Iowa. Again, do not gamble, folks. Um, point being also, um, are you going to double? Are you going to? What is? Okay, so it goes. You double down, then you triple down, then you quadruple down, then you quintuple down. What's six? Is this six tuple down? Six tuple down. Yeah. Against Michigan? You I think you're going to take the under on that Absolutely one? Absolutely <laughs> freaking not. No yeah. way yeah. in yeah. hell. Um, I'm done. That was regular season only. It's over. Yeah. Cool. And Iowa fired their OC, so like next year, who knows if I'll even think about it. Anyways. Yeah. Number 17, Iowa 13. They had two, the Big Ten Championship game, two face the Michigan Wolverines. We will get into that in just a little bit. Right. Number 23, Tulane 29, headed to the uh, AAC championship game. They beat UTSA number to, to six, uh, 29 to 16. Sorry. All right. Georgia, Georgia Tech. If only this rivalry was going to stick around in Texas. 31 to 23, Georgia. We'll come back to this one. Number four, Washington, 24, Washington State, 21 in the Apple Cup. At the buzzer. At the buzzer. Washington escapes. If Oregon doesn't beat Washington. We'll get into it. Next week, which we will get into. We'll get into it. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. They opened up as a nine and a half point favorite, by the way, Oregon did. Yeah. Go ahead. Florida State, 24, Florida, 15. The Iron Bowl, 27, Alabama, 24, Auburn. Also, banger. Banger of a game. Skin of their teeth, Alabama pulls it out. The Iron Bowl very rarely disappoints. The battle for Kentucky, Kentucky 38, Louisville, number 10, Louisville, 31, Mm -hmm. Kentucky runs blue, baby. Yep. All right. Jimbo's gone. Jimbo's been gone a couple weeks. We didn't even get to talk about it. Because I haven't been here the last couple weeks. Well, we talked about it, but you have not talked yeah. about it with us. Yes. Jimbo's gone. Yep. For good reason. LSU 42, Texas A&M 30. A&M had just one win and two wins enough to make a bowl game this year. Um, it was a comeback, too, by LSU. The rebuild's going to be heavy. Yeah, it will be. Last year, we were talking about that number one recruiting class coming into A&M. This year, next year, yeah. or who knows what we're going to be talking about. Because I hate their head coaching hire. They're uh, from Kentucky, right? No. Or not. It was a. It was the guy from Kentucky, Mark Stoops. No, it was. Now um, it's Elko from Duke. Duke. Okay. Excuse me. I mixed my blue, blue bloods. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was supposed to be Stoops. Yeah. But, and look, all I have to say is I have very close Aggie friends. They also disliked those hires heavily. Um, I, I hate it. I hate both of them. I think you should have gotten someone who knows the SEC much better than an ACC football coach. Yeah. I agree. Who's not at Florida State or Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia's D.C., I think, would have been the perfect hire for them. But whatever. What do I know? Yep. Um, yeah. Number 14, LSU, 42, Texas A&M, 30. Jaden Daniels is a dog. Just give him the Heisman. I'm not even kidding. Like, also, their leading rusher. Yes. 11, 11 carries for he 120 over, yards. He has over 1,000 yards on the year. Rushing. Yes. Nuts. Gosh. All right. Arizona is very good at football and basketball and damn good at basketball. Uh, 59 over Arizona state. 
59-23 over Arizona State. That's also a very fun game. I'm glad that's sticking around, even if it's in a new conference. Notre Dame, 56. Stanford, 23. Notre Dame finishes the year at 9-3. and three. Um, That's a disappointing year for Notre Dame. Yeah. After all the hype they had coming in with Sam Hartman. They really went downhill after they lost to Ohio State. Yeah, pretty rough. Yep. Farmageddon has to be one of the most sleeper games every single year. This was the most beautiful snow game I think I've seen in a very long time. Yep. Except for that. You remember that Army-Navy game yeah. where Army wore all white? Yeah. That was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but Farmageddon, Iowa State 42, Kansas State 35. Will Howard has entered the transfer portal and he is leaving Kansas State, which is going to be big for the Wildcats moving forward. We'll see how that goes. Another very fun game. Number 20, Oklahoma State, 40, BYU, 34. Why wasn't Bedlam during rivalry week? Don't know. That's a good question. Very good question. Uh, this one came down to the wire. Double OT. Oklahoma State takes their spot in the Big 12 championship, knocking out Oklahoma. their biggest rival, Oklahoma. They did what I wished we could have fucking done to Oklahoma, but whatever. At least someone did it. Ollie Gordon. Shout out to the way. Hateful Eight. Ollie Gordon. My God. Dude. 34 carries, 166 yards, five <laughs> A touchdowns. lot of carries, man. Call that man a workhorse. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Five tutties. Five tutties. Five. Five. All right. The battle in Tennessee. Brother. Poor Vanderbilt, man. They're bad at football. The Harvard uh, of the South. They're honestly bad at everything except for baseball. Hey. Like, so, you know what? And athletic, academics as well. But too. they're damn good at baseball. Yeah, they are yeah. really good at baseball. Really good at law, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number 21, Tennessee, 48, Vanderbilt, 24. Uh, NC State versus North Carolina. NC State takes this 139 to 20. And then South Carolina, right below them, had their own in-state rivalry. Clemson, 16, South Carolina, 7. Look at all these protected rivalries, man. Don't you love to see it? Mm-hmm. Don't you love to see it? Anyways... Uh, Liberty, 42 over UTEP, 28. Rivalry rivalry week is Say that three times fast. far and beyond my favorite week. And we haven't even touched on a rivalry that's so highly touted and so important. It doesn't even need a name. It's just called The Game. The Game. Michigan, number three, Michigan. And J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum take down the Ohio State Buckeyes 30-24. to 24, And this game was a lot of fun. Michigan, the year of Harbaugh. They did what they needed to do. Their defense. <clears throat> Bet. Yeah, exactly. Michigan moves on to the Big Ten Championship game after knocking off Ohio State. J.J. McCarthy, when they needed him most, came through with his best performance in many weeks. Blake Corum, as you mentioned, did his thing. Roman Wilson had a nice touchdown catch as well in this one. Their defense, when they needed to get a stop, forced Kyle McCord into a game-stealing interception. Listen, Ohio State came to play. They're better than Penn State, so i got to give them credit. And ultimately, um, they were a better team than what I thought they could be. They are now at the mercy of Michigan in this conference. And with new guys coming in as well, we'll see where the pecking order is because with the way Oregon's looking this year and what Dan Lanning has built in uh, Autzen Stadium, that's a challenge. Washington and uh, Coach DeBoer, they're, they're going to be no easy out. Um, USC, again, 
Lincoln Riley will at least make the scores competitive in terms of offense. And then, hey, UCLA with whatever they decide to do, I mean, hey, that's something as well. But it just adds to the level of competition. Ryan Day, here's the thing. I don't believe he should get fired because I don't think, you know, him just losing just to Michigan and I think, what was it, Georgia last year? Yeah, I I think the smart thing for Ryan Day to do, though, is maybe change the scenery. Maybe. Take one of these contract offers that he's definitely going to be getting from somewhere else. It may not pay as well as Ohio State, and it may not get the recruits as Ohio State is able to, and that's probably why he won't but do Ryan it. Ryan Day is not an awful coach. He's, But he's not the, the coach. coach to be Michigan. No. And I think Ohio State will probably come to that realization sooner rather than later, but I don't think it's going to be this year or this offseason, I Bring should say. Bring back Urban. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just jokes, folks. Chill on the kicker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we went there. Hey, no, we don't forget. We don't forget stuff like that. Yeah, We don't no, forget we don't. about fluff pieces and all no, that crap, dude. All we right. do not. Let's move on. Dude. Conference championship week, bro. Yeah, what a game. What a week. Um, conference championships are set, and they have massive implications. So the big one that everyone's going to be looking out, it comes... Is New Mexico State and, and Liberty. Liberty. Thank you. I was going right there. Thank you. Yeah. Friday. God. Opening it up. Now, we got to talk about the Pacific Northwest battle that I think this is the biggest game that these two teams have played against each other literally since earlier this year. But then outside of that, in Lord knows how long. Yeah. My God. Oregon versus Washington. Pac-12 championship game in the final year of the Pac-12. The two teams that are leaving the Pac-12 and moving on to greener pastures. They will be taking on each other in Las Vegas, Nevada on December the 1st. Oregon, let me just currently, they are still a nine and a half point favorite um, at Allegiant Stadium. Here's what I'll say. Washington is about as unimpressive an undefeated team as, well, outside of Florida State in the country. Here's what I'll also say. Oregon should win this game. And ultimately, I will be picking the Ducks. I know. Picking Bo Nicks. But I think it's just at this point, it's a... You already lost the bet. It's like, <laughs> gotta well, be honest. Well, no, I, yeah. I, here's the thing. Even when I was still in the bet, I would be saying like, hey, out of principle, I'm picking this team. But in reality, Oregon's the better team. So I, it's, it's no secret that Oregon now, to me, and I told Brendan this last week, they're the third best team in the country. Yeah. Georgia, Michigan, Oregon. Oregon. They separate themselves Absolutely. from... Everybody else. Yeah. Dan Landing, credit to him. They built an, a physical juggernaut that yeah. just beats people up. Studs. Washington has a chance in this game from the pure simple fact that they just find ways. No matter how far they're down, no matter who they're going up against, they play to the level of their competition, and they will give whomever a dogfight. Michael Penix, when he needs to, he can make throws that almost any quarterback in the country can make. Yep. Rome Adunze is a legit NFL wide receiver that will Without go for a short round. Without a doubt. But I think if you're ultimately asking me who is the better, more versatile, more physical, better all-around team, it's going to be the Oregon Ducks, and I do expect them to win the final Pac-12 title and move on to the college football playoff. I agree. I agree. Moving on, Dan. To right. Saturday. 11 a.m. The Big 12 Championship in Arlington, Texas. 
Number 20, Oklahoma State versus number seven, Texas. Could you imagine if Oklahoma State pulls this off? Can you imagine if Oklahoma was in here? That would have been a real... Oh, my God. It would have been so great. It, unfortunately, was not meant to be. It was not. It was not. And you know what? That's not Oklahoma State's fault. They won the games they were supposed to. And Oklahoma did not. Yeah, Oklahoma literally, from the moment they beat Texas, all they had to do was take care of their own business, and they would have been in this game. Yep, all they had to do. Now, that being said, Texas, this cannot be one of your sayings. Ho-hum. Death, taxes, and Texas blowing leads has been something that has been very apparent this season. Mm -hmm. All right. And look. I want to get into it now because this is how important championship week is. Right. Go ahead. Texas, I know you have an argument of the games that Oregon won close. Mm -hmm. All right. I understand. You beat Texas Tech by 50. Oregon beat us by eight. Let's also talk about the fact that Texas Tech had a fully healthy football team then. Didn't have guys sitting out to keep red shirts. Didn't have guys injured the game before. That was the best texas tech performance we've seen all year that was our best game we showed up for it it was in lubbock texas naturally we were going to give oregon a better game i think in my opinion it just made sense that being said texas you also had one possession wins against houston you had a one possession win against tcu you had a one possession win against kansas state these are all teams who you would say are inferior to you. So don't sit here and talk about Oregon having slight one possession wins over teams like Texas tech. When you had massive leads against some teams and they still came back almost forced overtime. Kansas state did force overtime. You went down to the wire with Houston, Houston who just fired Dana Holgerson TCU who won, who went to the natty last year, got blown out. And this year didn't even make a bowl game. I don't want to hear the argument. Well, you're, I mean, you're going to hear the argument. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. But look, if you're going to point out close lo- close wins for Oregon, point out your own close wins. Take a look at your own schedule. Take a look at your own scores. I get it. It doesn't matter how you win as long as you win in a lot of situations. But when it comes to the college football playoffs, it does matter. Now, here's what I'll say. Are you? Are, is that the conclusion? Or you, I'm good. Okay. So here's what I'll say. Um... Ohio State's the main one that I have griped with. And again, it was because... I, no touchy mic. I, I know, seriously. It's just I'm so used to it. Um, here's the here's what I'll say in terms of Oregon. I do believe Oregon should be. I just said that they're the third best team in the country. That's not who I'm arguing with. So that whole diatribe, I mean, that's not where I was going with it. Oregon should be, in terms of one-loss teams, favored over Texas. That's not what my beef was. Yeah. My beef is with Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio State. Right. I, again, wasn't high on them to begin the season. Ultimately, I was proven right that they're not on Michigan's level. Yeah. They did beat Penn State. Right. To me, Texas, with if they win the Big 12, which, again, that's a big if, as you alluded to. Texas. I picked them to win the Big 12. I think I'm I'm still going to rock with them. I'm picking the Longhorns. I think that should automatically vault them behind Oregon as the next best one loss if Oregon wins their game right if Oregon now that's another thing if Oregon loses that game that puts Texas in a really bad spot because yeah. there it's more likely that 
a one-loss Washington, they could jump versus a... I mean, yes, they would jump a two-loss Oregon, correct. But also, you know, having an undefeated champ right there, it just allows a little bit more, okay, Texas, and what, what it's about. Because yep. here's the thing with Texas, right? You they, also have to think... Sorry. You also have to think about the fact that the college football playoff is also starting to learn not to punish teams for having to play an extra game. Right, exactly. And if Washington loses... Who's to say they don't keep exactly. Washington at five and Oregon at four? It's true. That's a very good point. God, I got no it. touchy Mike. No touchy. I'm just gonna have to freaking. Um, here's what I'll say: Texas, their path to getting in, in my opinion, was if Oregon would have lost to Oregon State, or excuse me, if Washington would have lost to Washington State, and they were both one and one, to have Washington lose yeah. and then whomever. Texas should be, in my opinion, sixth behind. You know what was it? Georgia. Michigan, uh, or excuse me, Washington, Oregon, Florida State, and then Texas. Yeah, I think Florida State without, and then Ohio State. Yeah, and then Ohio State. To me, Florida State without their um, starting quarterback, they're just a shell of what they, they could are. be. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose and if to they Louisville. and if they keep winning, if they beat Louisville, there's you there's oh, sorry, like, yeah, there's no way they're an undefeated team. Yeah. And it's just tough. So they need Florida State to lose. They need uh, more likely. I mean. I would assume they would probably need Oregon to lose also, yeah. but also they could lose Washington. So one of those teams, Bro. right? You'd have to assume Alabama could beat Georgia yeah. and hope Georgia drops. Yeah, You would have to also then, you know... Which even then, yeah, again, that goes back to the whole, oh, you're going to punish a team for having to play an extra game. Exactly. Right? Like, I And then, again, Iowa and Iowa's putrid offense somehow beating Michigan like you have to have so much crap to help you and the fact is that because they're not the best one loss team that puts them in a really difficult spot I do think them beating Oklahoma State will help their chances in terms of solidifying themselves yeah. in a potential shakedown yeah um but here's what I'll also say if one of these teams has something happen to their signal caller aka what happened to Florida State yeah that could also affect things yep. especially if they lose or like win and yeah. they're kind of ugly so Here's what I'll say. Texas, do they have a shot at making the college football playoff? It's there. It's there, but it's very unlikely. Yeah. I think, you know, Washington, if Texas comes out and blows the doors off Oklahoma State, and maybe Washington somehow escapes with a narrow win versus Oregon, because here's the thing. The committee wants to put Oregon ahead of Washington, but they can't because Washington beat them head-to-head. Yep. Right? But they, I think paper, anybody right now would right. want to put Oregon above Washington. Right. Yeah. I just think in my true thoughts that if Texas somehow wins and is a one-loss Big 12 championship, there will be a argument versus them in Washington. There will be an argument. I don't know if they'll win but the then, argument. But then here it comes. Let's say Bama beats Georgia. That's a fair point. And then you're you're debating, you know, oh, well, Texas beat Bama in Tuscaloosa. But also, Bama just beat Georgia. Exactly. Like, it could... Let's talk about the chaos scenario it's here real quick. Chaotic. Let's talk about the chaos yep. scenario here real quick. All yep. right. Michigan, I say, I think is the safest win here I over think, yeah. Iowa. Okay. Yes. So Michigan, let's say is number one. They win. Yep. As which they should be. They're the only undefeated team left at this point because let's say Alabama beats, Bama Georgia. beats Georgia. Yep. Uh, Texas beats Oklahoma State. Yep. Louisville beats Florida State. Yeah. Oregon beats Washington. Okay. Louisville beats Florida State. Yep. Do you see how many one-loss teams there are? And I'm not going to lie, Texas, there's not four teams better one-losses than Texas. I'm just letting you know that right now. So whatever way you got to figure that out. 
be a true chaos scenario, brother. That's what I'm saying. My point is, is I, that in your scenario, I would definitely have Michigan in. I definitely have Oregon in. Yeah. I would probably, probably have Georgia still in. Uh, you'd have to. Again, and you then, can't punish them and, for losing an extra game that they had to play. And then Texas. Because that's the thing. I'm putting them ahead of Florida State, right? Because I don't disagree with you. Uh, here's the thing. One loss Florida State, they're better than. Yeah. They're better than the one loss Ohio State that didn't even make the Big Ten Championship game. No. They're better than Alabama, who they beat. And they're better than, who would that be? Washington, a one loss who didn't win their own conference. Look. That's the, that is the only way Texas gets into the, big, look, or the college football playoff. Going off of what I saw with TCU last year, having lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 Championship and still making the college football playoffs... That's different, though. They didn't lose their quarterback like Florida State did. I understand that. but And I'm not even talking about Florida State here. Mm. I'm talking about, I think, I, I your scenario makes the most sense. Yeah, Okay. that point. When I'm looking at how the college football playoffs committee likes to rank teams, mm-hmm. I see Michigan 1. Yep. Georgia 2. In that scenario, by the way. Yeah. Yep. Michigan 1. Yep. Georgia 2. Right. Oregon three, yeah. Washington four, and that would just—I'm not gonna lie. Washington would sit there, and they do have the best case in terms of like being a one-loss non-champion. Yeah, and that would just—that would annoy. And then you have no choice but to rank Oregon because Oregon just beat the only undefeated team That's left the in thing, the Pac-12. But if, wouldn't you argue if Georgia loses that you'd have even Oregon at two? I think Oregon might even jump Georgia in that scenario. Uh, yeah, but then, but then still, Georgia's still my three. Like it's no, it, 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 at the, I, I. I just don't see a committee ranking Texas in the top four at all, even in chaos scenario. I do. I do. The thing is, you cannot... And it, Texas fans would be irate because, again, they lost to Oklahoma. That's not like it's a bad loss. It's Who then lost to Oklahoma State? I know, but that they beat, right? They would beat Oklahoma State in that scenario. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then Oklahoma... Look, they've handled business otherwise. And, again, they stomped the year. What they need to do is they have to blow out Oklahoma State. Oklahoma also lost to Kansas. Okay, and Kansas is a pretty good team that Texas also beat. So there you go. I get it. The Texas Longhorns are not your favorite team. I get that. Reality I'm, not, is, I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying to look at this objectively. No, here's the thing. Like, I really am. The only thing that would have been better going up against Oklahoma State is going up against Oklahoma and avenging your one loss, like Oregon's potentially about to do to yeah. Washington. Yeah. The thing, oh, my gosh. touchy Mike. Gosh, dude. <laughs> Washington, I'm going to say this right now, and I'm not even going to be hypocritical about it. If Washington, which I've I've loved, and I really hope they beat Oregon just out of spite, but I think Oregon's gonna win. Yeah, I will not back the Huskies in the college football playoff if they do not win the Pac-12 championship game. I I agree. I think that's how it should be, but I do not see the committee doing it. I do because here's the thing: Washington has not looked impressive in their last since they beat Oregon. Right? You want to talk about our they've shaky had close road. wins. Yeah, they've literally okay. Arizona State. Remember, it took a pick six leg yeah. in the fourth quarter yeah. to escape with that one. Stanford? Are you kidding me? Yeah. 42 to 33. USC, granted, that was the best their offensive look, but again, that was the last game of the uh, defensive coordinator that just got fired at Lincoln Riley era. Um, Utah, again, barely escaped against a freshman quarterback making his uh, second official start or first official One of the two. They beat Oregon State by two that Oregon just clobbered. And then Washington State, they literally just had to have a walk-off field goal. They're all, outside of the USC and Stanford game, they're basically, they're all within, I mean, actually including the USC and Stanford game, they're all within 10 points. 
and against not some some great competition. Okay, yeah. so like, don't give me this that Washington is overpowered juggernaut. I'm sorry if the Huskies lose to Oregon, and again the chaotic scenario happens, which to be honest, they wouldn't even need Alabama to beat Georgia at that point. Yeah. So you would just need you would literally need Oregon to beat Washington. Yeah. You need Florida State to lose to Louisville. Yep. And I'm just saying. It's right there. Ohio State in no world should be ranked above this Texas team. No shot. Now, again, if they lose to Oklahoma State, you got me. It's, you know what, Texas deserves to play freaking Tulane. Tulane. Yeah. And lose like USC did. Yeah. Or whatever. But, it, again, if the scenario happens where they take care of business against uh, Oklahoma State and uh, Louisville knocks off Florida State and Washington loses to Oregon, that's enough for me to put Texas in the four spot. That's enough. I mean, I I don't disagree. I don't. I I just I don't see it happening, and I think that's where we're differing. That's fair. But Alabama, Georgia, who do you got? Georgia, I got Georgia too. Oh, I think dogs. this could be a statement win for Carson Beck in Georgia. Yeah, and I think Jalen Milrow coming off a really high Iron Bowl, he might come out a little flat. Iron Bowl. Iron Bowl. He could come out a little flat. Yeah. against Georgia. I agree. That's never good. To um. Do. Yeah. So we we both said Oregon. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma State. I assume we're both taking Texas. Texas yep. Um, Georgia, uh, Michigan, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan, Louisville, Louisville. I'm going Louisville, Louisville. too. I'm going Louisville. No. I don't think that Florida State, it, despite all their talent, I don't think they're knocking off Florida State. No, or Florida State's going to survive. Yeah, should say. I agree. Colin, we've talked a lot of college football. We've talked a lot this podcast. We have one more sport to get to. So that's a. Uh, Head on over to the NFL, and I'm pumped for championship week. I am too, brother. All right. Week 12 in the National Football League was not one without some uh, upsets and some fun, but let's start it off with Thursday night. On Thanksgiving Day, the morning game or the noon game, the Green Bay Packers 29 to the Detroit Lions 22. And I'm not worried about the Lions because they just don't win on Thanksgiving. And this is just what happened again. It was such a good thing. This was like Lions fans were like, finally. Yeah. We got a game against a low-hanging fruit Green Bay Packers team. Division rival. We've like, already smoked them once this season. Like, let's get ours on let's Thanksgiving. Let's do it. At yeah. our house. No. <laughs> Jordan Love just turned into the second coming of Aaron Rodgers and decided, hey, I'm going to throw for a party. This is Jordan Love's one good game of the entire season, and he now, used it on Thanksgiving. I, he did have a great game last week. Yeah. and a good, Well, again, against the Chargers and against his Lions right. defense also. I am out on Jordan Love again. I've said this from the get-go. I still think he's a, a guy that's a, probably a backup. Yep. I'm now going to just monitor the situation because, again, him and LaFleur are starting to cook, but I'm not willing to fully jump into the pool yet. Yeah, I agree. And But Jared Goff, you know, listen, he had a, what was it, a fumble? He had three fumbles in this game after coming <sighs> off a three-pick game last week. Yep. Um, You need to cut it out with the turnovers, bud. Starting to look like Rams Goff. Or Josh Allen, you know, regular. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on over to the annual Dallas Cowboys ass-kicking on Thanksgiving, it seems like. The Cowboys took care of business against the Washington Commanders 45-10. to 10. Dak Prescott, 22-32, 
331, four touchdowns. He was phenomenal. Uh, Tony Pollard got in the end zone. Sam Howell was beat up this game. And, um, yeah, the Cowboys are, you know, rolling, getting hot. And, listen, man, I know you hate to hear this. They are still, in terms of the NFC, outside of, against San Francisco, that they still have to prove that they can beat. Yeah. They could, they, they've got the, you know, Eagles coming up in two weeks. You got Miami two weeks after that. You got Buffalo in between them. Cowboys, Cowboys have a chance, man, yeah. to potentially get, you know, compete in this division, I, believe it or not. I know. I know. I know. I mean, look, all it takes is the Eagles losing to the Niners and us beating the Eagles. Like, that's and all it takes. And then and, you're first place. Yeah, we're first place. So, it's just, I don't know. I really want to believe in this Cowboys team. I really, really do because they're so freaking good. I, I can't do it. I can't. I, the Cowboys have hurt me way too much, and... I'm happy with the five seed. Like, whatever. We get the five seed, we get the five seed. You play at Atlanta at this point. We need to stop disrespecting Dak Prescott, though. Dak, here's the thing. What I'll say about Dak. Dak, to me, I think rightfully so, is playing on the good side of what Dak can do. Yes. He's, which is looking like a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. Now, does he stay there? We'll see. We'll see. Because um, he's got some games right. against some really competitive teams coming up. But like, like I said, even guys like Tua, right, can have stretches where they look like they're in the MVP conversation. Yep. This is Dak's right now. Like yeah. Dak is in the point where he's looking like an MVP. Yeah. And right now we have to give him his credit because he's through really, I, I want to say it was it since he gets the Chargers yep. or maybe it was after he's looked phenomenal. Yeah. And you have to give him credit. Where credit. Can there. you do it against the bills? Can you do it against the dolphins and the Eagles? Can you do it against the Eagles? Yep. Those are the three games I'm looking at, which look, and the last time we played the Eagles, Dak had an incredible game. Mm-hmm incredible game right so i don't know i think he's playing that's that's where Dak's shortfalls have come in the past is mm-hmm. when he plays a good team he plays very average especially with a great defense especially with a great defense yeah but he's been playing well against the good teams mm-hmm. and his defense has been letting him down against yep. the good teams it's just been the opposite so i'm interested to see how this goes moving forward but the Cowboys are taking care of business when they're supposed to. We have to shout out Deron Bland. Yep. Five pick sixes in one season to set the single season NFL record. What an achievement. This Cowboys defense was in kind of shock mode. Shambles. Whenever Trayvon Diggs went down. Shambles. And Deron Bland, you know, moving him from inside to outside is really paid off for this team. They look like they're humming on all cylinders. They may even bring Darius Leonard or Shaq Leonard, I should say. Look, if anyone's going to get that guy right, it's that boy Dan Quinn. DQ. Uh, Man, I miss him right now. I really do. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of missing him and the team that he used to be a part of, the Seattle Seahawks got dismantled at home on Thanksgiving by the San Francisco 49ers, 31-13. Brock Purdy, 21-30-209, a touchdown and a pick. He really wasn't even the main show. It was the fact that the defense of San Francisco is about as dominant as ever now that they've acquired Chase Young. And I am just sitting here being like, okay, whoever thought we were competing in this division, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Because San Francisco's got this on lock. Also, Gino, I'm I'm about ready to just be on Brendan Carson level of hatred of my own QB. Like, I am about <laughs> there. Because, look, Gino, I, you gave us a great year last year. And the fact that you were able to secure us, you know, a playoff berth, um, after the year that we thought we were going to have, you know, coming off the off season that we had and everything, the, ne- the you know, I've written back yet like that. I will never forget that season for as long as I live. Like that is such a true core moment. 
But the problem is, is that Seattle, much like the rest of the world, kind of figured, okay, well, what else can you do after that? And similar to his last eight games last year, he's played a lot like that this year. And to me, now Seattle is kind of sitting there thinking, okay, we're in a weird spot because we're, I mean, look, I'm not even trying to humbly brag here. We've got a really good offensive line when it's healthy. Yeah. Running backs, we've got two really good second rounders that are paying off. Wide receivers, we're loaded. DBs, again, we're getting old at safety, but again, still producing back there. Corners were looking really good. Um, linebackers, we still got Bobby Jordan Brooks running around, which he's played a lot better, by the way. He has. And then acquiring Leonard Williams, this defensive line's even looking like. Didn't you have a pick good. six? Uh, yes, in this one. Yeah, yeah. it was a. Awkward pass off yeah, of Purdy's hand. I pick six is yeah, pick six. exactly. Well, it was our only touchdown this game, so thank you, <laughs> thank you, Jordan Brooks. Um, no, look, it's here's what I'll say. Gino and John Snyder has had a history of this. They told him last year after the season that he had, "Hey, we might go get one of these guys if, especially if Anthony Richardson falls to us, which he was one pick ahead." Yeah. We've done it with Jimmy Graham. We've done it with Percy Harvin. Do not be surprised if the Seattle Seahawks are aggressive in trying to upgrade their draft position to potentially getting Geno Smith's successor. I'm just letting you know now, I don't think that it's a for sure thing, and Geno still has a chance to turn the season around and turn his whole perception around. But Seattle's never been known to be complacent, yep. and I, for the sake of my sanity, hope that's true. They don't need those first-round picks. No. They don't. They really don't. Uh, that being said, you know who would look really good in this in this uh, backfield behind this O-line, hmm. someone named Russell Wilson. He, uh, listen, we'll get into, gosh, no dang, touchy Mike. No touchy. Sean Payton, I got to give him credit. We'll get into this later. He's done a miraculous job yeah. with fixing Russell Wilson. Yeah. He looks almost like prime Seattle yeah. Russ. So, and it's insane. We'll get there in a bit. The first ever NFL Black Friday game, the Miami Dolphins, 34, New York Jets, 13, Tua Tagovailoa didn't have his best game no, of the not. season at all. Um, Raheem Mostert had 20 carries for 94 yards and two tutties. Uh, Jalen Waddle had probably his best receiving game of the year so far, um, followed closely behind by Tyreek Hill, um, who got the touchdowns. So, um, But, yeah, the Dolphins pulled this one out on primetime, not even primetime, during the middle of the day well, during it was on Black prime Friday. Video. Yeah. Yeah, prime video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Prime vision. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, Tim Boyle got to start a game in the NFL. Yeah. Next. It, it, never give up on your dreams, kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Tua, here's the thing with Tua, though, too. And I'll bring it. Listen, we talked about Tua and everything. I I think we all came to a consensus that we don't think Tua's a tier one guy. We think he's a tier two guy. Top of the tier two. Around there. That's, again, fine. I'll live with that. Dak is the top of the tier two. <laughs> well, again, we're not trying to get into specifics here. <laughs> Point being is Tua still, to this point, has not put a full season together of just, and that's kind of what Tier 2 guys are. They can't put a full season together. Uh, I really want to know how he does, because the Dolphins' schedule gets really tough at the end of the year. They face, uh, after the Commanders, Titans, and Jets, they go Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo. Those final three. I'm very interested to see how he does in those three games. Yeah. So... He's got a, you know, fairly easy stretch these next, you know, I mean, including the Jets again, like, good yeah. lord. Um, but I want to see him start to build some confidence up. You know, really yeah. stick it to the guys like me. Who, I agree. You know, and all this stuff. Because Tua, hey, listen, man, you're healthy now. You know, we got to start producing. But he still hasn't beat a team above 500. Neither is Jack. In which they play each other later. Yep. So, never know. There you go. 
One of them's got to get it. One of them. Yeah, exactly. All right. Moving on to the noon kickoffs on Sunday, because Sunday. there were so many games uh, earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Falcons beat the New Orleans Saints 24 to 15. Uh, I think the Dennis Allen era in New Orleans needs to end. Derek Carr era, too. Yeah. I'm so done. Here's the thing. New Orleans should be running away with this division, but I picked Atlanta before the season started because you know what? Atlanta's just, again, they went ugly. And they, they do. And Arthur Smith, for as much crap as he gets from the fantasy football community, knows how to make winning football decisions. Bijan, 16 carries, 91 yards, and uh, guess what? A touchdown. Yeah. And then, you know, next week, Algier will get the bulk of the carries. Yep. Because that's what Smith does. For some reason. I don't know. But... Carr, the fact that he has set this franchise back further than what they already were cap wise, crazy. I just, I'm I, at this point, you know, Alave looked like he had a really good game going, and then he got a concussion. Like, dude, nothing the can Saints, go right. The Saints are going to be screwed for years with that cap situation. Yeah. I Awful. Agree. I agree. Awful. They just need to face the music. They've been yeah. pushing it off, like, you know, again, like not dealing with their credit card debt that they obviously have. Yeah. And they need to deal with it sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about a guy who just knows how to win, like literally just average. Like mm-hmm. I think the definition of below average, honestly. He's yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I agree. The Pittsburgh Steelers win sixteen to ten against the Cincinnati Bengals, who have placed Joe Burrow on IR. By the way, I told this to Connor and he agrees. The AFC North gives such big ten vibes. Oh my god, they do. Like, yeah. oh my god. Without a doubt. I'm glad you look at the colors too. Literally, like the Steelers are Iowa, um, the Cincinnati, the Bengals are Illinois, Illinois, um, Baltimore, Baltimore would be like Northwestern. Oh, they are Northwestern. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, um, Cleveland would be. Uh, oh, who would it be? The Q's. They'd oh, be Syracuse. Yeah, the Syracuse. Yeah, orange. Yeah, yeah. Aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, can he pick it? Let's talk about this man's incredible stats. He had 278 yards. 24-33. You realize this was the first time the Pittsburgh Steelers had gone over 400 yards of offense in over 50 games? They are Iowa. <laughs> and um, also, by the way, first game without Matt Canada as their OC. I wonder if that's going to be a trend moving Interesting. forward. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Very. Huh. Also, they said huh. um, Jalen Warren and George Pickens were going to be getting the ball more. And um, they were crazy wrong. how what happens when you fire a bad offensive yeah. coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Jake Browning's Jake Browning. Speaking of fired coaches, the Carolina Panthers have fired Frank Reich after a one intense start uh, in Carolina. Uh, the third straight year with a one and done coach. This guy. Had a shorter leash than Urban Meyer did in Jacksonville. Crazy. I don't believe Frank Reich's a NFL head coach. In all honesty, I think he can be a pretty solid OC. Better do than Urban Meyer. I got to say this, man, because you know, as a Cowboys fan, how bad of ownership can really derail a franchise. Oh, yeah. David Tepper, my God. I think he's overtaken Jim Ursa, in my opinion. Yeah. Ursay's Ursay's pretty bad. Yeah. But I think Tepper's bad. I think Ursay's bad in terms of a PR standpoint, whereas Tepper is just. Just decision bad. making. Yeah. yeah. Bad. He's bad. Yeah. He uh, again, we they fired also Josh McCown today. Yep. Both McCown and Reich said uh, they're on record. We wanted to take CJ Stroud. Yep. The owner wanted Bryce Young. 
And now look who remains, the and owner we'll, of Bryce Young. We'll get to CJ. Yeah. We'll get um, to CJ. Will Levis got the job done. This is, you know, whatever in Tennessee. 17 to 10 over the Panthers. Yeah. All right. The Indianapolis Colts, 27 to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 20. Gardner Minshew did just the Brendan Bull. Enough. Yeah, literally the Brendan Bull. Minshew versus Baker. Yeah. Uh, both Crazy. Both just mediocre just quarterbacks. Mid-off. Mid-off, really. Yeah, there's a few mid-offs. Yeah, and this, this was one week. of them. This uh, was, yeah, definitely one of them. Yeah. God, Lord. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the New York Giants 10, the New England Patriots 7, and Tommy DeVito was the best quarterback in this game with 191 yards and one touchdown. Mac Jones got benched for the fourth time this season. He's so bad. Very. He is so bad. Very. Oh, my God. He's awful. So bad. There's just not much to say about that game. Nope. All right. I do want to talk about this one. The Jacksonville Jaguars, 24 over the Houston Texans, 21. What a game. This game was just fun to watch. The Prince still reigns in the AFC South. It sure does. We got to find a nickname for CJ. I mean, I know Stroud boys, but like we got to think of like a, a nickname. <laughs> a non, yeah. Yeah, a non. <laughs> that. Yeah, non that name. Yeah. Stroud boys stand up and stand by, baby. CJ Stroud, 26 for 36, 304 yards. Two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He also had six carries for 47 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Dude, this man just keeps just proving himself week after week after week. He is running away with the rookie of the year, and he is in the MVP conversation. In the MVP conversation, without a doubt. That take that I had beginning of the season aged like milk. Um, Like Milk that's already been in the sun for like a few days. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really bad. You bought expired milk and then let yeah. it age. I will say, in terms of talent, he didn't have the you know the best. I'd say out of all the rookie QBs, but he didn't pass tests. I know, right? He, but, but he's a football player. What I'll say about Stroud is his coaching staff is about the best situation a rookie QB could have asked for. Dude, D'Amico, I love D'Amico Ryan. Like you see yeah. him on the sidelines, emotionless. Yeah, the whole game he's just. By the way. Ben Swolick, he came from the Kyle Shannon system. Yeah. Uh, D'Amico brought him over. Yeah. He, I, we, we see these guys, right? Like Kevin O'Connell from the McVay tree. We see Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel from yep. Shanahan. Ben Swolick, I'm just letting you know right now, he's going to be the next offensive guru that's going to get a head coaching job, and he's going to do work and wonders. Ben Johnson first, buddy. Ben Johnson first. I'm saying fair, but Ben Johnson came from, uh, I forget which tree he came from. Any, regardless. Swolick will also be one yeah. of those guys that, yeah. like, you give him an opportunity. It, based on what he did with C.J. Stroud, yeah, who, yeah, just wait. For That's it. gonna be a lot of fun. But yeah. yeah, I don't know, dude. I just I love Stroud because this man just knows how to share the ball. He does. You don't know who's gonna go off week to week. Here's, here's oh my no touchy mic. I know. Oh, I'm, cut. Now there I'm you cut. go. There, there you go. go. Now yeah. I had to touch it again to make no, it work. Yeah, no touchy mic. No touchy mic. Touchy mic once fix. Touchy mic two times broke. 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 Touchy mic. three times. Fix again. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyways, we have been going so long in this episode. I know. We have. <laughs> I know. We have. I know. And that's the thing. It's the first episode you've been back, and we just we're getting into it. Um. Here's what I'll say. Trevor Lawrence is him in terms of like still being a guy because he made the plays when it mattered. Calvin yeah. Ridley when he's on and Christian Kirk and everything and when yeah. this offense is flowing. Yeah. Nice. And it, that was without Etienne, by the way. Yeah. Twenty and fifty. Twenty carries for fifty six yards. Yeah. That was all Trevor Lawrence. Uh. Stroud also that throw to Tank Dell. Probably should have been caught if it wasn't for an illegal motion, I believe it was called. Yes, um, it so was that, the illegal That was motion. tough. And then even then, the Texans had a 58-yarder um, that doinks off the crossbar, and then he got cut today. 
Yep. Amendola. So that is the closest yeah. I think I've ever seen a field goal miss. Yeah. Like it was there. Yeah. It just bad bounce. I agree. Like that's insane. I agree. Um, continuing on though, I lost my spot. Broncos versus Browns. Speaking yes. Of Russell Wilson. All right. Speaking about Russell Wilson, who did not have his best game this week. No. 134 yards with one touchdown. They take down the Cleveland Browns, 29 to 12. Um, Sean Payton's him. I just I Sean, yeah, he's just such a good coach, dude. He has pulled out and extracted everything that Russell Wilson has left at this point. Shout out to him for leaving New Orleans because yeah, that was bad. That was, and he knew kind of the situation they were in. He as knew. Well. well, he also kind of contributed. Uh, yeah, to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. I'm glad you said it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so here's what I'll say, Russ. You know, is he prime Seattle Russ where we're thinking MVP conversation? No. No. Will he ever get to there? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, What I'll say is he can win games. And I still believe that if the Broncos want to ever reach the heights that Peyton wants, they're going to have to get off of this Russell Wilson contract, which, again, I'm not loving saying that, but you can't have the third highest paid player in league history be Russell Wilson. Nope. I'm sorry. But they're winning right now. They're on a five-game winning streak. They deserve all the credit in the world. They... Honestly, they're a better team than Seattle right now. And it's one of those things that's come around. Luckily, we don't have their draft picks, so we don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, but yeah, I just at this point, you know, I'm happy for Denver. They've gone through a lot in terms of quarterbacks. Um, we'll see what they do in the offseason. But Russ has done enough to where it's like, hey, I deserve to play in this league. Absolutely. Moving on, the Los Angeles Rams, 37 over the Arizona Cardinals, 14. Kyler, and I think this is Kyler's best game since returning. Yeah. Kyler, here's the thing. Kyler statistically wasn't even like that great. He was 27 to 45, 256 in the touchdown. He also added a touchdown on the ground. He, to me, is just making the case, hey, don't take Caleb. Don't take Drake May. Don't take, you know, whomever. Yeah. And, uh, I think Kyler deserves to be a starter QB in this league. I, I still agree. think he's, again, he's kind of in that same, like, you want to talk about top of tier two. Again, how high you take tier two, he's got to be in that discussion. Yep. Um, I really want the Cardinals to get Marvin Harrison for his sake. Um, you know, the Cardinals will Cardinals are the Cardinals, so they're gonna mess up things regardless. But if you want Kyler Murray to succeed, get him Marvin Harrison Jr. Um and let him do work. In terms of the Rams side, my God, I here's the thing. I know we're supposed to be strictly football, but Brennan does fantasy talk all this time. So I'm gonna do some fantasy talk right here. God, I miss Kyron Williams. My <laughs> God, I miss Kyron Williams. 16 carries, 143 yards. He also caught six passes for 61 and two touchdowns. Man, oh man, have I missed Kyron Williams on my fantasy team. Didn't help me win this week, but either way, he was the number one running back in terms of PPR scoring. And he, to this offense, just adds another element that does. Stafford and McVay just truly It opens up the offense for Stafford. He does. It really does. And, and you have a legitimate running threat. Yeah. Which and literally changes a he, football game. He's just, I don't know what it is. Because he's not the most like efficient runner, but when he just gets a little bit of a crease. He's gone. He's just a burst. And he got caught on a long run, which is the first time I've seen him get caught this season. He's just a guy that's a difference maker in that offense, and he is going to be a factor for this Rams team. I hope for the Absolutely. foreseeable future, yeah. um, for their sake. But averaging almost ten yards a carry in, in the, the NFL. NFL, yeah, and the Cardinals, the Cardinals defense isn't that great, and that's Arizona. So I don't want to hype it up too be much. Crazy in college, like, it was this was the largest um, yards from scrimmage performance by any NFL player this season, um, in terms of running back. Yeah, yeah, it's I I. I love having Kyron Williams on my fantasy team. He Welcome might be the only back, thing. Kyron Williams. He might be the only thing saving me from 
maybe squeaking into playoffs. Maybe. 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 I don't know. But, yeah, Rams should be happy that they got number 23 back. Nice. All right. The Kansas City Chiefs bounce back after a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. 31-17 to over their division rival, the Las Vegas Raiders. Pat Mahomes had 298 for two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs, 20 carries for 110 yards and one touchdown. Rishi Rice. Rishi. Rishi. My fault. Best Eight receptions game. for 107 yards and one touchdown. Does Pat Mahomes have a wide receiver one in Kansas City? No. but <laughs> He's a two. He's a solid two. I think but so. I think Pat just has a lot of solid twos. I know he has a two. And then threes. threes, and then not and threes. then Kadarius Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! You realize Justin Ross was on this team? Yeah. And then he just got cut. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing, Ego. In terms of offensive weapons on the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm a I'm about to really shock you at this point. Patrick Mahomes, number one. Yep. Isaiah Pacheco needs to be number two. Has to be. Travis Kelsey. I don't know if it's the knee injury that he suffered at the beginning of the season. Or if it's Taylor age, Swift. or Taylor Swift, or what it is. He is just not the same tight end caliber that we've known Travis Kelsey no. to be. He's still, listen, a number one tight end doubt, in the doubt. league yeah. and everything. And his you know gap from number one to number two is closed, but he's still number one. Yeah. To me, you know, this team is going to heavily rely on Isaiah Pacheco down the stretch of the season. Yep. And Pacheco's really rewarding him. I mean, it's... It's not even that the Chiefs run blocking is the greatest in the NFL. Pacheco just makes it work. He's yep. one of the hardest runners I think I've ever seen with the way he just pumps his legs. And it's just incredible to watch. Uh, Raiders also, too, the fact that they're looking competitive. Pierce, just give him the job. Take the interim tag Give off. it to him. I, I, think I he, agree. I think he's the guy moving forward. I agree. For I agree. Fully agree. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Probably the best game of the week. The Buffalo Bills 34 fall to the Philadelphia Eagles 37 in overtime. And Josh Allen has still not won an overtime game. 0-6 in his career now. Crazy. Yeah. Here's the thing I want to say. All right. So Brendan has been on this kick. I have been just banging my head against the wall trying to argue with him about this. Right? So he was saying for the longest time, Josh Allen needs to run. Look at all these other people saying Josh Allen needs to run. Josh Allen needs to take more initiative. I'm not just saying this because they lost 37 to 34. Because if they would have won, I'm still going to be saying what I'm saying now. Because yep. Josh Allen on the ground, nine carries for 81 yards, two touchdowns. He also had 339 through the air, two touchdowns and a pick. Yep. It's not the principle of having Josh Allen run yep. that's such a bad negative thing, especially in a one game sample. I get it. Allen should be the, you know, what we assume Luca is for the Mavericks. Yeah. Just hyper, just. Does everything like force. Yep. Right. The thing with Josh Allen, though, that I've kind of keep well preaching to Brendan is that you cannot be this heliocentric guy that everything has to rely on for you to succeed and expect to be the championship caliber team that you want to be. Yep. Look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts does what he needs to do. You want me to hand it off to Andre Swift? You want to make this run game work? Cool. You want to have a play where, you know, 20 out of the 22 guys fall on me, right, and are, like, trying to, you know, hurt me and, you know, I'm getting punched in all different kinds of places, sure, I'll do that. You want me to drop back and throw it to A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith? I got you. Yep. The Eagles, the way they've constructed their team is not so Jalen Hurts reliant. The way that the Chiefs right now utilizing Isaiah Pacheco is working for them. And I get that James Cook, again, he's no longer on my fantasy team, so Brendan can't accuse me of this. I know we're talking a lot of fantasy football today. 
James Cook is a very efficient runner. He had a drop in this game that unfortunately sucked. Yeah. He is the best running back that they have. And if you want to mix in Latavius Murray and Ty Johnson, by all means, yep. please do. You've got to take the pressure off of Josh Allen because he cannot be your only, you know, reliable source of offense on this that side of the ball. No one's saying Josh Allen can't run the ball. We're just saying he can't be your leading rusher game in and game out. Yeah. And your your Jalen Hurts example is perfect. Jalen Hurts had 14 carries for 65 yards, but guess who had more? DeAndre Swift. The same amount of carries for 80 yards. It's just... Here's the thing. I get it. If you're if this is the Super Bowl, by all means, screw it. Let Josh Allen risk do whatever every thing. single inch of your body for that game. By all means. In a game in November in which you're on the road and you're freaking 34... You They were up three scores at one point. Yeah. Just... Get the ball home. Yep. Just give it to James Cook. Give it to Latavius Murray. I don't care yep. who it is. Just get yeah. and, and again, if it's if it's that point where they just simply do not trust the running backs to produce at the level, then obviously you know you need to invest in the running back position more yep. clearly, because or the offensive line, whatever it is. I just I'm so sick of this Buffalo Bills team failing below expectations because Josh Allen at his peak is one of the three best quarterbacks in the sport. Now, I got hurts ahead of him. Yeah. Burrow, when he's healthy, I ahead of him. Yep. I got Lamar ahead of him right now. Yep. I mean, we could keep going, but like Allen to me. Ahead of him. That's okay. Right now. Okay. That's at this moment. I, that's the inner cowboy coming out in you. I, we had a really good talk. I'm just going to ignore did that. Did you hear that? Yeah. I did. Somehow heard that. Brendan, Some, that's crazy. I know. Why would you ever say uh, that? I didn't realize John was on the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. No, respect. Listen, the Bills Super Bowl window. Is closed until further notice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, please, please go to the next window. Um, and then Sunday night football: the Baltimore Ravens twenty, the Los Angeles Chargers ten. The Chargers. I will say this: okay. the Chargers uh, have the Patriots next week. Mm-hmm. If they lose to the Patriots, I think Brandon Staley needs to be left. I said this last week that Staley should have been out. Before this, I said he should have been fired today. Yeah, if I they said, lose to the Patriots, that's it. Like you, There's no to. excuse to keeping him. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens did what they needed to do to win. They just are going to win it ugly. I think their ceiling now comes down without a Mark Andrews. Yep. And it's going to be really hard for them to compete with like the Chiefs and the top-level guys in the AFC. Yeah. And it really sucks for them. But they ultimately got the job done on the road. Lamar... Just perfect balance. Like yeah. It's just completely balanced football. Which, again... Keaton Mitchell, nine carries for 64 yards. Again, yep. not so Lamar-centric. Lamar, 11 carries for 39. Yeah. But he was not the leading rusher. Exactly. Justin Herbert. I don't know if you've been paying attention to social media recently, Andrew. If you are if you just have any Justin Herbert thing come across your timeline, it's pretty much anything from, okay, Herbert's the Messiah. I can't believe the Chargers have done this badly by him. Brandon Staley's, you know, the devil, all this stuff, to Justin Herbert's overrated. I can't believe everybody's ever thought he was an elite quarterback. Like, there are very polarizing takes on Justin Herbert. And I try to be as about in the middle as I can with this guy. Because I do believe he's talented, and I think when at his peak, he could argue for top five. Maybe yeah. not be top five, but argue. Yeah. What I'll say is, is that Herbert, I've said it before in the season, I'll say it again. He's not the problem, but he's paid to be the solution. Yep. Herbert, at this point, and I get they don't have a deep over the threat, you know, top receiver. Mike Williams is hurt. Uh, uh, Joshua Palmer's hurt. Like two of his four guys. You know, uh, Quentin Johnson, who, by the way, I said it, was not a first round pick. 
and he has proven nope. to be the biggest bust so far in the first round in terms of wide receivers. I, Herbert, you got to do more. You've got to just, I don't know what it is. You've got to find a way to put up playing against Zay Flowers, too. To, dude, and it's again, and it's, you know, Jordan Addison was also taken above them. Yeah. And it, or after them, excuse after me. Him. Um, I, man, I'm sitting here, sitting there saying the Chargers have to put up more than 10 points if Justin Herbert's your quarterback. I don't care. Barring like some unforeseen circumstances that are just unfathomed. Yeah. I get it's the Baltimore defense. You got to do better than this. I, you do. And I, I, I want to defend Herbert, but I just, I can't. I can't nope. with performances like this. Like, what is 29 to 44, 217? Bad. One touchdown, one pick. Like, yeah. again, he was their leading rusher. Yep. Again, we talked about with Josh Allen, but like, again, Eckler normally can at least do serviceable work rushing. Yep. Even though he's more of a pass catching back, but still. Yep. I just, um, just, it's, it's just, I feel bad for Justin, but also you need to do more. Yep. I just, I, yeah. Speaking of Justin, uh, the Bears are taking on the Vikings Monday Night Football as we're recording this. Um, they're currently up six to three on the Vikings. Oh boy! Towards Another the end of the third quarter, Monday Night Football banger. Yeah, <laughs> going we came on. we came down uh, from our you know game last week, and um, yeah, this is looking real ugly because Fields. Hey, listen, they're driving right now. Nineteen to twenty six, under forty one yards. Fields also leads them rushing. Um, this would be a huge win for Justin if he can get this uh, dub. But um, yeah, Vikings fourth down. Dobbs already has two picks on the night. <sighs> it's rough. Ouch. NFC North is also Big Ten vibes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just both the North. Both the North. Yeah. Both the North. Both the North. For the North. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, let's get past those mid offs. <laughs> um, we got a lot of mid-offs next week. Um, Indianapolis, Tennessee, mid-off. How are you going to skip the Thursday night matchup? Bro? Oh, sorry. I mean, I was talking about the mid-offs first. Oh, okay, sorry. okay. Mid-offs, go ahead. Indianapolis, go ahead. Tennessee, mid-off. Yep. Los Angeles Chargers, New England Patriots, bad off. Bad off. Bad yeah. off. Uh, Detroit Lions, New Orleans, I think we know who should win that game. Yep. Atlanta Falcons, New York Jets, mid-off. Zach Wilson versus Desmond Ritter. Arizona Cardinals, Pittsburgh Steelers, mid-off. The Miami Dolphins, Washington Commanders, I think we know who should win that one. Houston and Denver, I think we know who should win that one, but that one won't be a given. That might be a pretty solid game. Low-key game. Yeah, very low-key game. Carolina, Tampa Bay, mid-off. The Browns versus the Rams, mid-off. And I think the best game of next week, and if it's not America's game of the week, it absolutely should be the San Francisco 49ers visit the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think this is the last chance the Cowboys have to have any sort of hope of winning the division. Um, so you're saying you're rooting for the San Francisco 49ers. Unfortunately, I am. Yeah. Yes. Actually, no, not unfortunately. Fuck Philadelphia. I'll root nah. for anybody over Philadelphia. <laughs> um, and then the Monday night game, the Kansas City Chiefs visit the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. And then finally, the Cincinnati Bengals visit the Jacksonville Jaguars on Monday night with the Buffalo Bills, the Chicago Bears, Las Vegas Raiders, Minnesota Vikings, New York Giants, and the Baltimore Ravens all on a bye week. There is a lot of mid left in this week, not a lot of good. And then finally, we start the week off on Thursday night 
with the Seattle Seahawks visiting the Dallas Cowboys. I'll be at that game. Give me your uh, Seattle-Dallas prediction. Uh, Dallas wins. Um, I'm going to say Dallas wins 31-17. to 17. I think in that, 17 is being generous. So we might score like 10. I'm going to say 35-13. Yeah. I Here's the thing. Witherspoon will have his hands full with CD, but it's going to be a really interesting matchup. It's Thursdays can always be kind of weird. They can be. Micah, I think, will get after Geno, and it's going to be really tough. I think it'd be weirder if the Cowboys weren't on a full week's rest, though. Right. Well, so Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. You're right. Yeah. So it's a full week's rest for both of us. Yeah. So it's here's the thing. I'll say Dallas will control what they need to control. They'll put points up, and I'm just bleh. <laughs> I'm so just yeah. I hope that this. I hope I'm wrong, and that Gino has a world class performance. If we get a banger on Thursday night football. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be wearing a Seattle jersey, probably in not so good of a mood, where my brother's <laughs> going to be going crazy in AT and Stadium. Oh man, it's going to be a lot of fun though, man. It's going to be a good time. So it will be excited for y'all. Uh, Thanks, man. That'll be an exciting Thursday for y'all. Um, and then finally, I want to know your San Francisco Philadelphia prediction. I here's the thing. I picked San Francisco to be the uh, number one seed in the NFC. So for this them, is the path to that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to roll with the Niners. Um, I do think the Eagles are playing the best at the moment. And I do like Hertz more than Purdy, but I think the Niners pass rush will give Philadelphia more problems than any other team has been able to. Yeah. And I trust that Brock Purdy against this really bad Philadelphia Eagles secondary, um, he's going to be able to produce. And I think, you know, coming off the NFC championship game, we saw this uh, with the Super Bowl, right? The Eagles came out with a certain, like, energy against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. I think the Niners are going to come out saying, hey, listen, you know, we felt like if our quarterback was healthy, we would have made it a game, and we're going to make this one a game. Gosh dang it, the mic. <laughs> no touchy mic. I know. Um, so I'm going to roll Niners to win 28-24 over the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to say 35-31 San Francisco Niners. San Francisco. I like it. Um, I'll break down. Here's the thing. So, also, Niners, they've won the division at this point. I think that's kind of a given. Yeah. Dallas, man, I'm telling you, they are within a game. Of potentially. Let's, let's talk after okay. this game. Okay. We'll talk after this game because this game will determine how much hope I have in Dallas winning the division. That's fair. Um, also, before we finish with the NFL, Shout out Dak Prescott. Just found out he's going to be a girl dad. Yep. Going to have a baby girl. Yep. That's awesome. Eagles fans are shitty, and uh, they've proven themselves to be shitty once again. But shout out Dak Prescott. Um, that's exciting news. So we Very. we might see uh, dad mode Dak soon, which might be good or awful. So nice i know that man's gonna keep fighting for checks if he's got a baby to support so <laughs> let's hope he's putting up his best football ladies and gentlemen let's finish it off with this day in sports so quickly on the twitter sphere because we have um this day in sports via twitter um pull this up real quick on this day, 
or I gotta say it louder. Sorry, excuse me. That was terrible. <laughs> On this day, back in 1998, Texas's Ricky Williams breaks Tony Dorsett's 22-year-old NCAA Division I-A all-time rushing record with 6,082 yards with a 60-yard TD run against Texas A&M, unranked Texas. What upsets number six A&M's 26 to 24? Uh, Williams finished with this game. Uh, finished the game with 272 yards rushing. Rushing, excuse me. Also, legend. Uh, um, Carmelo Anthony had his first 50 point game on this day in 2009. Nice. So, shout out That's to. Awesome. Yeah. On this day in 1966, in the highest scoring NFL game, the Washington Redskins defeated the New York Giants 72 to 41. That's insane. In an era of football where just like offense was not a thing, or not to the level it is now. Yeah. Uh, on is the- that still the highest? That's not the highest scoring game anymore. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking about the Monday night game. Yeah, the Rams and the Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. It's up there. Which is also one of my favorite games of all time. 100%. Like, that's just one of the greatest games ever played. On this day in 2016, German Mercedes driver Nico Rosberg clinches his only F1 World Drivers Championship with a victory in season-ending Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Wins title by five points from teammate Lewis Hamilton. Wow. On this day. That's crazy. On this day in 2011, German Red Bull driver Sebastian Vettel finishes second in season-ending Brazilian Grand Prix at Autodromo Jose Carlos Pache to retain his F1 World Drivers' Championship. He won by 122 points from Jensen Button. On this day in 2016, the Canadian Football League Grey Cup in Toronto as the Ottawa Red Blacks upset the heavily favored Calgary Stampeders 39 to 33 in overtime to win a championship in just their third season of existence. Wow. Hey, got to give Canadian football their love, you know? Got to give the <laughs> CFL their love. The Grey Cup, man. Yep. That's a cool name for a trophy, I yeah. guess. Yeah. It's Canadian. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to episode 63. I am your host, Andrew, with my co-host, Colin Brown. And shout out to Brendan who wasn't here this week, but I'm sure he'd be saying peace or whatever. No, that's Colin. He'd probably be ragging yeah. about you about Oklahoma. So probably, man. <laughs> honestly, but ladies and gentlemen, listen to us on anywhere you get your podcast. Share with your family and friends. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And as always, remember the good times. We'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>